You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn, and welcome into Sports Call on a Wednesday, a Valentine's Day edition of Sports Call. Feeling all the love here. Uh, I am Brooks Shoulders, temporarily sitting in the, uh, the host chair for Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He is out running an errand uh, right now, and so he will be back hopefully by the top of the 4 o'clock hour, if not before. Uh, but I am joined today by the usual Wednesday guests, uh, Mr. Canberra, Mr. Tom Peavy, uh, Mr. T.P. Hammock, the other T.P., Tom Peavy, T.P., uh, running the board, uh, taking your phone calls, uh, and we'll get his input as we go along in the show as well today. But I uh, want to welcome you into this Wednesday edition of Sports Call, a, again, Valentine's Day edition of Sports Call, also Ash Wednesday edition of Sports Call. So if you gave, you decided to give up <coughs> chocolate for Lent, I am so sorry that today is that day. Um, it is a, uh, it's, it's a wonderful day. Um, didn't get time to do any sort of like special music for today, which I sometimes uh, am able to to mess around with uh, before the the show today. But uh, you'll just have to pretend that we're playing love music for you this afternoon. Uh, we got a good show for you this afternoon, though. It, we'll talk a lot of Auburn basketball. Uh, coming up here this afternoon as they get set to take on the South Carolina team that is uh, inexplicably, uh, uh, or at least we th- thought it was inexplicably before the season, ranked above the Auburn Tigers right now, two spots above them in the AP poll. Uh, so it's a top 25, a top 15 showdown inside Neville Arena tonight. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get into some Auburn baseball talk as later on in the show we'll be joined by the Auburn baseball pitching coach Everett Tiford. He enters his first season with the Tigers, uh, and so he'll talk to us about that pitching uh, staff for the the Auburn Tigers as they get set to open up their season this weekend against Eastern Kentucky, uh, and then go into a big opening week as they have Eastern Kentucky this weekend, a midweek game next week against UAB before traveling to Jacksonville, Florida for a big tournament down there where they'll see the likes of Iowa, Wichita State, and Virginia over next weekend. So a big time opening week for Auburn baseball coming up. We'll talk about that. We'll get to, uh, I'm sure we'll talk some more uh, NFL stuff as the Super Bowl wrapped up uh, over the weekend, the NFL season wrapped up over the weekend. You start to end your draft season now. Uh, and so we'll, we'll uh, look around. We'll start looking around where Auburn players may be going in the draft or where they, they could be selected, what round they could be selected in. Uh, we'll also uh, have a chance to dive into some college football talk this e- this afternoon. As uh, yesterday, it was announced that ESPN and the College Football Playoff Committee have uh, have done a deal where they will continue to air all of the college football playoff games over the next few years, uh, putting to bed, at least for the time being, any sort of rumors about the college football playoff going to different networks, maybe a Fox jumping in, maybe a CBS or NBC jumping into the the mix for some of these playoff games. 
and so we've got a lot to talk about today. Also, we'll get to our birthdays and sports, of course. Uh, sports called Five at Five, presented by our friends at Southeastern Land Group, coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And we'll end the show with our nightly TV guy, brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. I am Brooke Shoulders. I'm having a great day uh, on this Valentine's Day Wednesday here in the middle of February. Uh, Tom, Cam, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. A uh, beautiful day outside. It is. And, uh, yeah, so uh, doing great. A lot of... Uh, a lot of sports to keep talking about. Um, I guess Alabama officially named their offensive coordinator, which again, we, again, we touched on it just a little bit yesterday. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm ready for some baseball. Uh, I love football. Um, I hate to see football go away, but now that it is gone, I'm I'm full on baseball now. I I'm forgot re- to mention pitchers and catchers reported today to Braves camp. There you go. Um, you know it's. It, it's you know it's it's time for Auburn baseball, which that's always fun uh, to go up on top of the deck and hang out with uh, uh, hang out with all those fine folks up there on the parking deck, and uh, maybe this year try to get into the stadium some, and then uh, you know with the uh, pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training, that means we're not too far away from biscuits baseball over in Montgomery, which is something that we really enjoy going to every year. So uh, yeah. I haven't seen it's the. Pro- a, have you seen the promotions schedule come out for them yet? Not yet. Because I always love to go on the bobblehead nights. That's okay. always my my big one is the bobblehead nights. So I'll I'm have to for look that. at. I'm not sure that they have put their promo schedule out just yet, but uh, I'll have to look at that. I need to go on a kimchi night. I, I I've never been to a, I would, a kimchi night. I don't think it was the first year, but whatever year they did the kimchi bobblehead. Yeah, it was. It, they did it with the bobblehead night, and I've got a kimchi hat from that night too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really fun night. We. We briefly we were kind of talking about the 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 fact that uh, the uh, the Mississippi Braves will be moving to Columbus, Georgia, not this year but next year, uh, and you were saying there are some issues there, uh, hoping that they would come up with like a, a catchy nickname instead of just the Braves. It's yeah. like mm, okay, uh, yeah, we were just trying to think of some different things, and I started thinking of like um, food options. Ooh. Uh, because you know, in Macon, the Macon, Georgia has the bacon, Macon, bacon. the Macon, bacon, Montgomery, you got the biscuits. Uh, you know, Columbus, Georgia is known for the scramble dog. The what? The scramble dog. I need, I need some more context right. here. What's so, a scramble dog? All right. So you take, you take your normal hot dog. Okay. You spread open the bun, okay. cut the bun, yeah. cut the hot dog, chili, cheese, everything on there. And you eat it with a spoon instead of like comes in a dish so there's a place over there called the dinglewood pharmacy and uh for many many years uh there's a guy there uh called lieutenant and they they put him in a like a porcelain type dish uh-huh but it's uh, it's basically a, a large big chili dog all chopped up and served in a dish and you eat it okay. with like a spoon or a fork i thought you were saying that you you ate it you you cut the hot dog with the spoon and then ate it no no it's, it's all already cut it's, up all okay. of it is all, right. all cut up and and then doused in I was about to chili, say there's some food chili going and on. cheese and onions and whatever else. Okay, that um, makes more sense. And so that that's what a scrambled a scrambled, scrambled dog. dog. Okay, so that may, makes more maybe sense. that can be the Columbus scrambled dogs. Mm, that'd be fun. Or at least do a night. That would be that would be original. Yeah. Or at least do it. A, at least do a scrambled dog night. Yeah, that would be very very yeah. fun. Uh, well, you listening, Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're having a good day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you know we're getting close to baseball season. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up here in just a little bit. Cam, 
Wednesday. How are Hello. you? Your first appearance on the show this week. It is How my first appearance on the show. I'm doing great on a Wednesday hump day. <laughs> um, you know, just really uh, excited to talk a little bit of hoops, you mm. know, uh, especially following, like you said, first first time on the show since uh, Auburn got thumped by Florida in Gainesville. The curse continues. Uh, so so definitely tough sledding for the Tigers. Uh, really just got outplayed in all facets of the game, honestly. And, and uh, you know, Cheney Johnson even said it uh, today in, uh, you know, uh, during the press conference today before before the game, you know, saying uh, that the team got outplayed and they're coming out with a new attitude uh, tonight. Obviously, they know South Carolina is really hard-nosed, really tough team, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they are predicated on their defense. Uh, and so if you're, if you're Auburn, he said Auburn's going to be uh, coming out with a new attitude and, and they're ready to get back to it. So a lot of energy coming into this game, a really important game. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, at the beginning of the season, one that you would expect was going to be kind of a gimme because South Carolina Carolina was picked last, like you said. Uh, Brooks picked last to, to finish in the SEC, and and now they're sitting uh, amongst the top of the SEC with a twenty-one and three record. Not exactly the strongest because it's weird that Auburn's not it's it's not a quad one game because yeah. of the net and the metrics mm. that that are behind it, uh, it, it with South Carolina, but still a respectable basketball team, one that is probably going to make the tournament at this point, uh, barring some extreme collapse. Uh, and uh, uh, interesting to to see how how that's going to play out. You know, a, a game that really Auburn needs to 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 really continue to be in the race for uh, the the SEC title or at least a share in the SEC title, uh, regular season title at least. So uh, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how they come out and respond. Obviously, it's a Neville, so that will certainly play an important factor. Um, but again, South Carolina, they have some some big wins. I mean, they've gone into uh, Knoxville and they they knocked off Tennessee uh, in in Knoxville. So that uh, that is a, a tough place to play. Um, and so you're you're it's going to be interesting because they're an experienced team and you're going to want to see how poised they're going to be able to stay. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. But I'm doing great. Um, and and uh, yeah, I'm just ready to talk a lot of sports with you guys. Well, then let's dive right into it. Well. You kind of touched on it there, Cam, so we're going to stay right where you were, were talking about right there, and we'll start with this Auburn basketball game tonight against South Carolina. The Gamecocks come into town, as I mentioned earlier, ranked number 11 in the country uh, in the AP poll. The Tigers ranked 13th this week, dropped one spot last week after, uh, one, beating Alabama, but then losing on the road to Florida. And so, guys, I, I want to pose a question to you. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, As we go along through the show, we'll, we'll dive more and more into this basketball game, but Saturday, the Tigers... You, you know, Cam, you, you mentioned it didn't look good. They, they they struggled on the road. Is this game, and I, I know, you know, you, you look at it, you, you look ahead to Saturday, you've got college game day coming in, but it's a struggling Kentucky team. They dropped five spots in the poll this week down to number 22. Uh, so with South Carolina being ranked 11th, it's this is this is in no way a look-ahead game where, where Auburn's already looking at, at Kentucky because South Carolina has the respect of the conference. Uh, they've got some big wins, uh, as you mentioned, Cam, and they're a team that is that is in the hot pursuit of that uh, SEC title right now. And so it's not a look-ahead game for the Tigers, but when you look at back at the performance on Saturday in Florida, what is it that the Tigers need to do to get back on track, or is it simply get back in front of the Neville Arena crowd? Yeah, I mean, I think it's getting back home, and you just got to be able to be more disciplined in your in your shooting, in your defense, in your hustle, right, if you're Auburn. this When they go to away games, they are a completely 
different basketball team. They just don't look as poised outside of the Ole Miss game. Uh, they just don't look as poised, as as calm, as comfortable. And even at the beginning of the Ole Miss game at the first half, obviously they were down 15. So, uh, you know, they had to really get right for the second half of that game to come back and end up winning that one by double digits. But still, you, you're there. They just look completely different. They just don't look like they have as much energy. And I know that Neville Arena is a great place to play, and, and obviously uh, that that provides a lot of energy for the players and, and the environment and all of that that goes along with it. But you have to be able to win these away games and, and if you're Auburn. I mean, you you still haven't even stepped foot in Knoxville yet. That you have to go you have to go face a Tennessee team that uh, is really good, uh, especially at home. So. Uh, yeah, the game Gainesville curse is still alive and well. Have not won since since 1996, and uh, that's certainly tough. I thought Auburn was going to be able to to shake that curse uh, on Saturday, but if if they continue to shoot the way that they do, if they continue to play defense the way that they do, not hustle, not rebound the way that they did on Saturday, they're going to get beat at least on the road every time. You're not going to be able to win road games like that. You have to be able to stay mentally tough. You got to be able to stay and stick to your style of basketball. And yes, Florida did take them out of their game a little bit. And at the beginning of the game, they were shooting like crazy at a very high clip. Uh, But at the end of that game, they finished at a lower shooting percentage than Auburn. Uh, so that just goes to show that Auburn just was not hustling as well uh, and, and just wasn't as smart with the basketball. So they, they've got to be able to get back on track with that. You've got to be able to, to uh, rectify what happened on Saturday and uh, and get a win here in Neville against a, a top 15 team in South Carolina. Tom? Uh, Auburn's got to make their shots. Mm. I mean, Quite you did. Plain and simple, you you got you got to put that aren't that round orange thing in the round orange hoopy thing. Just like Naismith drew it up. Exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> the name of the game. Uh, yeah, you got to make your shots. You you can't it, you cannot be as bad at threes as you were in the first half of that game. And they kind of quit. They were so bad that they're like, let's, let's just stop shooting threes. <laughs> let's just stop. Which is smart. Um, if if you're just having one of those nights where they're just not going down, then the yeah. worst thing you do is just keep shooting them. It's like look, just let's <laughs> stop. Um, got to make your baskets. That that's the big thing. Um, there's definitely some other smaller things in there. You know that the they're not small in the big scheme of things, but I mean, uh, you know that the hustle thing. Got to hustle. Got to rebound. Got to do all the things that have been winning you games. But ultimately, you just got to hit shots. Uh, you know, it, it's odd how this team can can look so good shooting the ball one day and then turn around and just cannot buy a bucket. And it don't matter. I mean, it could be point blank range and that ball's just not going in. Yeah, it's so, like a lid on the basket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it happens. It, it's yeah. that's sometimes that's the way basketball goes. Absolutely. But ultimately, Auburn's just got to hit their shots. If they if they hit their shots, they can score in the nineties. We've seen it. They they can. They can flirt with 100. Uh, they can score 50 and a half instead of 27 and a half. Uh, so I, I, think, I think getting in front of the home crowd and friendly environment and that backdrop that you're used to shooting in and things like that it is going to help. And, you know, while, while South Carolina is, is – uh, they, they've had those big wins against, like we mentioned, at Tennessee and the win against Kentucky, and they've, 
you know the AP the AP folks have really started jumping on them for sure. If you look, they're still they're not a quad one game. They're not a quad one team. They're quad two. They're they're ranked in the forties in yeah, all the metrics. Like, I think they're like forty five in the net. It's and, just, yeah, forty five uh, in the net. Ken Palm, they're in the forties. I mean, their their metrics, uh, their their metrics, and all those computer polls have them in the forties, which is why they're not a quad one team. Um, they've just had some big wins and gotten hot, and the AP voters have really kind of jumped on board. So while they are a good team and they've had some big wins, Auburn should be able to take care of business against them. If they just if they play their game and make the shots, then it, this should be one that Auburn can get uh, get out with a win. That's, there's a reason Auburn's favored by 11.5 in this, unless it's moved. It was 11.5 yesterday. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Auburn's favored by 11.5 as of yesterday. Um, Vegas typically knows what they're talking about. That's true. They do have that voodoo. Yeah. So, Auburn's got to go in and play their game. Uh, don't let anything from that Florida deal linger. Mm. Um, I, I feel like the, the only time that you saw that was at Mississippi State, but I think that was probably ex- exhaustion is kind of what that looked like. Um, but don't let anything linger. Don't let, the, don't let a bad loss like that linger around and, and get you out of your comfort zone and out of your game. Just throw that one away, ball it up, throw it away, play your game, and you should win. 7.30 p.m. tonight, the Auburn Tigers tip off with the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, inside Neville Arena. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about this basketball game coming up. 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 888-9-TIGER-9 is how you can get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. More sports call coming up after our first break of the show this afternoon. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Back to Sports Call on this Wednesday afternoon. I am Brooke Shoulders, temporarily sitting in the host seat for Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He'll be back here shortly. He's having to run uh, errand this afternoon, and so he'll be back soon. But I am holding it down, the, holding the fort down uh, with my good pals Cam Barry and uh, Tom Peavy, as well as TP Hammock, sitting uh, behind the board, taking your phone calls, making sure we sound amazing as he always does. On this Valentine's Day, uh, 2024, I uh, hope everybody out there is uh, is having a good time uh, on this Valentine's Day. If if you've got somebody special in your life, I hope that you are showing them that they are loved. If not, I hope that you are showing yourself that you uh, that you love yourself. That's always a good thing to do on on Valentine's Day. If you don't have somebody, is to is to give yourself some self love on uh, on this heart day. Uh, 
wanted to, before we get to our birthdays and sports here in just a, a second, uh, wanted to remind folks, keep listening this afternoon. We've got Everett Tiford, the Auburn, bas- uh, Auburn baseball pitching coach, entering his first year on the Plains. We'll be joining the program in just a little while. Uh, me and Ryan had the uh, opportunity to sit down with him uh, earlier today, and so with that interview we will have coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, and speaking of baseball, I want to give some programming notes. Um, Beauregard Baseball is back right here on this station this Saturday as they take on Opelika. Uh, they are opening their season this uh, tomorrow. I believe their first game is tomorrow against St. James. Uh, and so our first game to air for Beauregard will be Saturday uh, against Opelika. Uh, and make sure you visit our website, thetiger.fm, to find out all the games that we'll be covering. We'll be doing baseball and softball right here, Tiger 95.9. Smith Station Baseball and Softball gets underway, uh, I believe, next week over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. But the Opelika Bulldogs. Dogs and the Beauregard Hornets uh, come your way Saturday afternoon right here on Tiger 95.9. And then a week from this Saturday, we mentioned it earlier that today is Braves Pitchers and Catchers Report Day. A week from this Saturday, the first Braves spring training game on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD, airs. The Braves are back, looking to once again win the NL East, get back to the postseason, and hopefully uh, win another World Series. Uh, their, their their climb starts uh, to, really starts today with Pitchers and Catchers reporting, but our first game of the spring training season will be ne- uh, not this coming Saturday, but Saturday the 24th over on AM 1230 WAUD. So baseball season is back and getting back in full swing. Uh, so let's now, as we move along in the show, get to our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports. Who are the Valentine's babies today? We'll start things off in the NFL world. A lot of NFL birthdays today. Uh Almost the entirety of the list is NFL birthdays except for one. So we'll start things off uh, with the former NFL quarterback, Jim Kelly, turning 64 years old today. Kelly is known for being one of the best NFL players of all time to not win a Super Bowl. Kelly played college football at Miami. Go Canes. And started his professional uh, playing career with the Houston Gamblers before joining the Buffalo Bills. Kelly would go on to lead the Bills to four Super Bowls. Alongside being, uh, yeah, alongside being a first-team All-Pro, a second-team All-Pro, and a five-time Pro Bowler, but would not win any of those uh, uh, Super Bowls. Kelly ended his career with thirty—I can't read today—thirty-five thousand passing yards, and is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jim Kelly turned sixty-four years old on this Valentine's from East Brady, Pennsylvania. East Brady Bulldogs. Ooh, well, school that doesn't exist anymore shut down in 1993. There's all it's it, there's a lot of schools that you pull up that don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, you get these old timers that uh, yeah, schools combine, schools right. fade away. Uh, turning 52 today is a former another former NFL quarterback, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe was the first pick in the 1991 NFL Draft, where he was selected out of Washington State. Go Cougars! By my New England Patriots. He was very successful with the Patriots and eventually with the Buffalo Bills after Tom Brady took his starting spot, probably for the better. Uh, Bledsoe finished his career as a four-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, and is a member of the Patriots Hall of Fame. He also holds the record for the most pass attempts in a game with 70. Drew Bledsoe, 52 years old today. He is from Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Go Blue Devils. Go Blue Devils. Walla 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 Blue Devils. Walla Walla Blue Devils. I think he doesn't he have a uh, a wine too. Like he's got a, I think double back ranch. Yeah, yeah he his, he got he got into the whole winery thing yeah. after his football career. But yeah, I've heard of he him. is he is the reason for Tom Brady. Yes, and I, like I said, maybe he maybe it was for the better that Tom Brady took yeah. a starting spot. 
uh, even though he was a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Uh, also turning 31 years old today in the NFL is a current Baltimore Raven, Jadavian Clowney, 31 years old. Clowney was the highest-ranked prospect in, in 247 sports history. He played college football at South Kakalaki. Oh, Gangcocks. Where he was a monster for that team. He was a SEC Defense Player of the Year and a two-time first-team All-American before he was selected first overall in the 2014 NFL Draft by the Houston Texans. Currently, he is a three-time Pro Bowler and a second-team All-Pro. He has 52 and a half sacks and 363 tackles. His number seven is retired inside of Williams Bryce Stadium. Well, he is from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yeah. South Point High School goes Stallions. Stallions. My biggest memory of Jadavian Clowney is the hit he laid on the Michigan the Michigan in the bowl game yeah. and recovered the fumble. Yeah, that. Uh, Every time there's it a, was a big ball don't lie moment. Uh, there it was a yeah because because that, that was when Spurrier was like losing his mind over on the sideline because of the bad spot. Yeah, and they gave they, they gave him a first down and like there's no way that's it, a first it down. Was very clearly not a first down right. because they brought out the chains and everything and <laughs> measured it and then said first down. Yeah. It was so clearly they lost short. Him. It was yeah. so clearly short based off the spot. Jadavian Clowney said, I'll fix that. Yeah, that, but yeah, Spurrier and all them, they're like sitting there, like squatted down, pointing at the chain and the ball, like, look, it's short. What are you talking about? Very next play, boom. And uh, that's that's one of those hits that it doesn't matter how old it, it like how many years pass since it happened, it's always going to be in the college football highlight reels. Oh, that, absolutely. That people show. Yeah. Uh, so Jadavian Clowney 30, turning 31 years old today. Finally, in this birthdays in sports, Luke Deal. Celebrates his birthday today. Current tight end for the Auburn Tigers. Deal is known for being a blocking tight end. He was voted a team captain in 2023 for the Auburn Tigers. He has been a member of the SEC Academic Honor Roll every year he has been in college. That's impressive. That is impressive. He is from Greenwood, South Carolina. Emerald High School. Go Vikings. Vikings. I think that's my favorite high school mascot of the day. You don't get many Vikings. You don't get a lot of stallions. No. Yeah, you get you get a lot of Mustangs, you get a yeah. lot of Broncos, you get some Colts. Yep. You don't get a lot of Stallions. Luke Deal celebrating his birthday today along with Jim Kelly, Drew Bledsoe, and Jadavian Clowney. Happy birthday to everybody on that list. Of course, if it's your birthday out in the sports call world, happy birthday to you as well on this Valentine's Day. Let's go ahead and hit our second break of the hour. Uh, 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. More of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 
Sports Call podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts and join ice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Uh, I'm currently enjoying a nice cherry Coke on this Wednesday afternoon. I picked cherry because it's Valentine's Day and the bottle's even more red than normal Coke red. <laughs> you got two shades of, of it on there. So. so so what's your Valentine's Day plans tonight? Oh, nothing much. Um, I think Married man. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, first Valentine's Day of, of being married, actually. So this is, uh, this you, you would think it'd be a big one, but we're not doing a lot. We're doing, um, so we're going, uh, I'm going to leave here uh, this evening. I'm going to go pick up a couple of things at the store uh, and then we are going to go on a nice little walk this evening around the neighborhood and then we're going to do make our own make your own pizzas tonight all right sounds like a nice little deal there yeah uh yeah there was a conversation going on uh when i first started listening to the uh, paul feinbaum show and they had uh roman harper on there and uh roman harper was talking about how overrated valentine's day is but he's like you're married with kids he's like when you're with somebody for that long it's like it i mean you love and respect that person every single day it's like yeah why is this day any different than any other day? And then, of course, Paul Feinbaum is like, yeah, don't get her something for Valentine's Day and see just how important that is. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's, you know, when, when you, you get that little, little, oh, we don't have to do anything for, you know, there, there's, you don't, you know, you don't have to get me anything. Hey, that is, yeah. that's not a, no. that's not an invitation to do that. As a, you better still be getting something. Uh, you got any plans tonight, Tom? Uh, just hanging out at the house. Michelle's actually cooking dinner tonight. Oh, so yeah. uh, doing a doing a stay at home dinner. Okay. Uh, I got her a gift and yeah, excellent. Yeah, excellent. That's uh, that's I. Everybody else in the studio is is not celebrating Valentine's Day. They're celebrating Singles Awareness Day, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're they're celebrating Singles Awareness Day. Uh, but I'm, I'm just, but there's going to be Auburn basketball tonight as well. So we'll we'll be uh, taking some of that in. Um, but uh, hoops, hoops. It is uh, happy hoops. Give <laughs> you the vibes. If, Tom. if we get to it, maybe later we'll uh, we'll go into some of the the Valentine's Day candy because this is one of the big candy holidays. You got Halloween, you got Valentine's Day, Easter, Easter. Uh, kind of Christmas, but like you're not really like looking forward to Christmas candy, except for like maybe the Reese's trees or whatever. Well, that, all right, so that goes that goes into a conversation that we had once before. We were talking about like favorite like candies, like favorite yeah. Halloween candy, like favorite Christmas candy. And I was like, well, there's not really there's not really a candy that is like synonymous with Christmas, except for candy canes. Candy canes, sure, but those are more like decoration, and then you also right. eat them. But you know, every other holiday kind of has the uh, go to the go to so you know on on valentine's day it's the little hearts the the message hearts oh yeah from brocks yeah uh, that's like the or the sweethearts yeah yeah but i mean but valentine's day for as long as i've ever known is synonymous with the, those little brocks yeah um message hearts or whatever they call them and then you get easterners jelly beans you know mm-hmm. that peeps as well we did the peeps taste test last year we did the, do- the i was not i was not here for that and i'm glad peeps. oh that's right you don't like peeps Boo. peeps gosh Boo. y'all are just y'all are some haters peeps haters peeps TP are likes, terrible TP likes peeps. i just it's too much marshmallow they're for me. awful it's like, i don't like they're them awful. They're and they have just about every flavor you can imagine seriously i tried we some tried doctor, all of them. i tried we some tried dr many. pepper ones and i was like nah Love Dr. Pepper. I missed the Dr. Pepper ones last year. You know what I found this year, though? Uh, Because Easter candy is already in stores, and I have them in my house. I haven't tried them yet. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's Rice Krispies flavored peeps. Flavored? Yeah. What even is the flavor of a Rice Krispies? I don't know. That's what I'm intrigued by. It's like, because it's already marshmallow. Yes. 
That's weird. It's what? already marshmallow. Now, see, if you get me a peep and it's really just like a Rice Krispie treat just in the shape of a peep, uh-huh. I'm okay with that. I could eat that for sure. Well, that's but not a actual, peep, though. That's just a Rice Krispie treat shaped like a chicken. Call, you could call it a peep. Or a bunny, whichever You one. could call it a peep. Wow. Technically. I mean, If it I has guess. the peeps on it. I guess. Technically. I would be okay with that. Everything else, though, bad. Peeps are bad. There's apparently a new one out this year as well. You got the Rice Krispies route. You've also got a blue icy flavored one, and I have not found that one yet. Um, also, uh, something else that's coming out for the Easter candy is uh, Kit Kat is releasing is, has released a lemon crisp Kit Kat. So like instead of the chocolate coating on it, it's like lemon coating. And I've already found some of that. I haven't tried it yet. But you you mentioned the the hearts, the the conversation hearts, conversation hearts um, yes. for Brock's. I found a bag. Uh, I, I'm always searching, and, and I know I've, I've probably said this on the show before. I'm always searching for the new and uh, stuff. I've got uh, different websites online that I'm looking at new stuff and uh, all this different limited edition stuff that comes out. I found uh, conversation hearts from Brock's, but they're friends themed. The show Friends themed, so okay. everything on there is like a quote from Friends. You got "You're my lobster," uh, "We were on a break." Uh, pivot is one of them right uh and so it's it's not like it's like tastes any different they're just they're all uh they're all just have friends saying on them so i i found those over the uh Weird. last couple of weeks um also uh something new coming out for the spring that i'm really excited about is the wendy's you know wendy's frosties have started like rotating through flavors oh really um and the chocolate has always stayed, but the vanilla will go away and they'll put in, they've, they've put in strawberry, they've put in peppermint, um, they put in pumpkin spice during the fall. It's a shame they got rid of vanilla. Well, they're, it's not permanent. It's like whenever they're in between, they bring back the vanilla, so you can still get vanilla, but it's in between their, like, flavors, I should be able flavors. to get vanilla at all times, Brooks. I, I agree, because you, like, that's, but that's adding a third lever uh, to their machine. I don't think they want to add a third lever. That's just lazy. You should also be able you know to swirl. What? Like, you should be able to swirl them. That's true. I, I would agree with that as well. But sometime this spring, they are coming out with an orange creamsicle uh, frosty. I'd try that. I like orange creamsicle. I'm, I'm really excited about yeah, that. I would be. I would like that. Orange creamsicle is pretty good. I don't know how we got here, but we're going to continue going here. <laughs> like, we are here. For, yeah. for at least the next couple of minutes. I've got over in the other side of the office something that I, if y'all want to try it during a break, we can. Uh, I found cotton candy, bagged cotton candy, but it is Dr. Pepper flavored. Oh, I'm I'm down. It's a Dr. Pepper cotton candy flavor. I'm down. I have never had it before. Never been one very privy to cotton candy in general, honestly. Mm. That's very interesting, though. I mean, it's okay, but Dr. Pepper flavored, that could certainly be something. I, I, I've never, like, I'm not a big bagged cotton candy person. If I'm getting cotton candy, I'm getting fresh made, like, out at the, out at the fair or at the ballpark or whatever. But I've, I'm not a big bagged cotton candy person, but I I was intrigued when I saw this at the uh, at, in the gas station earlier today. And so picked it up. We'll have to uh, give that a test off the air at some point. Back to the Valentines, though. If you are, let, let me ask you, uh, since we're in candy, you're, you're sitting there. Somebody's giving you candy for Valentine's. What are you, what are you looking for? What is your go-to Valentine's candy? Twix. Twix? Like, yeah, it's my favorite candy. Just like a box of Twix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tom? If somebody gives me, yeah, you are getting candy for Valentine's Day. What do you like? Oh, I hope they get me this. Oh, uh, it would be the 
the conversation hearts that are the sweet tarts. The, okay. The sweet tart conversation hearts. Okay. That's my. That's uh, very specific. Yeah. You don't like the the Brock's or the. Oh sweet, no no, no the, I love uh, I, sweethearts. I, I love those. I, okay. I absolutely do, but I prefer the I prefer the sweet tarts. You see, that's a controversial that I love sweethearts, but there's a lot of people like Peeps. You guys are on the opposite side of me as Peeps. But there's a lot of people out there that it's the same way as they do not like the conversation hearts because it's like, oh, it's just eating chalk. Yeah. And But I'm like, it's good. No, I like sweet it. sweet tarts are good. Thank you. No, sweet tarts are good. Well, I like sweet, sweet tarts, tarts but... Or the, sweet hearts, like sweet the, the, hearts. the conversation sweet hearts. hearts. The, con- the Brock's yeah. conversation uh, hearts. You, chalky. Chalky. No. But see, you're not a... You see, yeah, I, I, I like them, but I just prefer the sweet tarts yeah. conversation hearts better. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because sweet tarts are awesome. TP yes. behind the board would like to chime in, TP. I I would have to go with the uh, the Russell Stovers. You know, okay. Yeah. Those. Yeah. The box. That, yeah. That, Do you uh, want the heart shaped, or you just want a regular like? I could box? go with the regular one, but whenever I you know I was living back in Montgomery, either my mom would get me one for uh, Valentine's Day, uh-huh. or uh, vice versa, I'd get my mom one. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, I love those Russell Stover ones. If, and no, those hearts are not chalky, Cam. You are incorrect <laughs> about that. If. They, I would they disagree. listen. They are. I will. I, I love the sweethearts. They are kind of chalky, but I still I like them. They I still like the flavor of them. Um, let me ask you, you guys this now. Uh, TP brought up the the box of chocolates. When you get a box, if you got a box of chocolates, do you want to know which ones are which, or are you just fine going, you know? Uh, Russian roulette style. Which or which? Never Russian roulette. Okay. I don't like everything that's in the box. Okay. And it's really, I'm just a very, uh, I'm a very picky person when it comes to my chocolate. So okay. I'm not just going to get something random because if I don't like it, I'll be unhappy. And okay. I don't want to be unhappy, Brooks. Because we, we had around Christmas, we got uh, uh, some of our, our sponsors gave us uh, some some chocolate boxes in there. And not yeah. all of them had the, the list of what's oh, in God. it or the, See, the directory. That was, uh, they were good. I, I right, like all right. the chocolates. So I'm more of a, hey, you give it to I like everything. So if you if you gave me one without the, the list, I'm going to eat them all. Right, right. But I would like to know what I'm getting ahead of time. So I'm not surprised. That's fair. That, that's, that's fair. I, I don't like surprises as much. So I'd like to know what I'm going to get. And then if I don't want that, then I will pass mm. upon it. So, but I like like the caramel ones, like the ones that have like caramel inside of yeah. it. Those are pretty good. And then I'm just like, I love like just classic milk chocolate. Okay. So, uh, anything with that is, is pretty good. I just don't like nuts in my chocolate. I sure. just, you know, anything like that or like coconut. You're not a Snickers Ugh. guy. Yeah. No, Okay. No, not a All Snickers right. guy. TP. Uh, you know, there's a famous quote and I agree with it. You know, they say, uh, life. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That, that's how I feel about it. I, I kind of like that rush. You know, I like to be surprised. You know, okay. bite in, expecting some coconut and said you get some toffee or whatnot. <laughs> so uh, I, I like to go with that route. What about you, Mr. Peavy? I've never bitten into a piece of chocolate that I did not like what was inside it. So. But do you, if you get the box of chocolate, do you check to see what it is before you eat it? it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do the Russian roulette. I, you know... I definitely look at it and I'm like, ooh, let's try this one. Okay. Ooh, see, let's try this one. I would be fine not knowing, but I do prefer if there if you give me an option of I, I could know which chocolate I'm eating and which one I'm um uh, if or not, I would prefer to to know which one it is. That sounds like a wacky Wednesday. Oh, we just need to br- would, each bring well, in be, each bring in a box of chocolates. Yeah. We decide which one and we eat it without looking, and then we have to try to guess. Oh, that could be eating. fun. 
that could be fun. We should have thought about that for today because it would have gone well with the theme for today, for yeah. Valentine's Day. Um, we also need to do Wacky Wednesday. Uh, we're getting set to go to a break. Don't worry, folks. We will. Uh, We've we'll, got we'll sports stop. to talk. Yeah, about. we'll we'll talk sports in just a second. But uh, the, we still have to do the Bean Boozled, the Jelly Bean one. That oh. you you you've brought that up before, where they all look the same. Yeah, that one worries me though. <laughs> no, Kim, you don't have to do it. Ah. Oh. I've done that be one fun. before. I've done that one before. But it'd be fun. Uh, it's torture. Well, you have the chance to get all good ones, though. Yeah, you the also have a chance to get are, all the bad yeah, ones. That's true. The chances are I just not high. Know, I just want to know what some of them taste like. Like, I just want to know. I just Apparently, wanna, they taste really wanna, exactly like what? You want to know what a fart tastes like? <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, you know. When am I going to go, you know, I'm not going to go there. I mean, if I wanted to, <laughs> if I wanted to taste something that tasted like a booger, I would exactly. actually get one out of my nose. Right. And put it in my mouth. <laughs> I don't need a jelly bean to tell me that. 34, I'm locally toll free, one 888 tiger 9 Let's go ahead and hit our third break of the hour. When we come back, we'll get back into sports talk. Don't worry, folks. We uh, got off sidetrack with some Valentine's candy. Hope that your Valentine's candy is delicious today and not nobody got you the bean boozled. <laughs> Uh, this year, or they may not uh, like you as much as you thought they did. Uh, as I said, 334-887-34. Locally, toll-free, one triple eight nine tiger 9 uh, We wrap up the first hour of the show right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Wednesday afternoon, Valentine's Day edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. You can also listen to us if you're listening to us on the car, get ready to get home and uh, go inside and start making those plans for uh, Valentine's Day dinner. Get ready to go out for Valentine's Day. Maybe you're getting ready to take your uh, significant other out to the Auburn basketball game tonight, and you're like, well, I wish I could keep listening, but I don't want to wait for the podcast. Well, if you've got an Alexa device inside of your domicile, you can uh, you can listen to us on that on all Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon in the top left. Skills and games <coughs> in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select that skill select and able to use and that's it that's what you're all done then all you have to say is hey alexa play sports call auburn and you're listening to us live in your home wherever your alexa device may be maybe you're at work and you're you're getting out getting back to work for a little bit here i had to run out for an errand or something and you want to listen to us in your office in your cubicle we're on all the alexa devices so make sure you uh never miss a moment of sports call whether we're talking candy or or we're talking uh, Auburn hoops, which we will uh, we'll go to uh, we'll we'll get back to in just a little bit. Baseball season coming up here. 
though, starting this weekend, Friday evening, 6 o'clock over at Plainsman Park. The Tigers are back in action for a three-game set this weekend uh, as they take on the Eastern Kentucky uh, Colonels uh, this weekend. Also want to want to point out uh, uh, – note for folks that are fans of Auburn softball uh their schedule got flipped around in uh Puerto Vallarta Mexico uh they're down there this weekend because of weather that's going to be coming into the area they've actually moved things up and so they're starting their tournament play down there today uh coming up here in about uh nine minutes uh down there in Mexico they'll take on Wichita State they'll also play a couple games tomorrow they'll have Friday off and then they'll play Clemson on Saturday and so the couple days moved up they're going to have a expecting a lot of rain down there on saturday or on friday and then they will uh, resume play on saturday to wrap things up down in that tournament so uh you can find them on i believe flow softball is going to be covering is going to have the video stream for that if you want to go and find that coming up here in just a little bit as they get underway down there but baseball starts their season this weekend against eastern kentucky um it's uh it, it's exciting this is an exciting year for the tigers uh coming off uh, back-to-back regional hosts did not finish the year as well as they did the year before when they were hosting the year before when they hosted uh when you had the likes of ucla florida state and uh southeast louisiana they ran through that regional that yeah. was that was a very impressive showing um and really from friday night of that regional uh, through the weekend, I know there was, you know, if you think back to that weekend, they were there was some rain issues on the su- on the on the Sunday game. Had to come back on Monday and finish the, the last like six outs or whatever it was. Um, but it was uh, the, a very dominant performance from the Tigers that year, led by Sonny Deshera and, and uh, with the bats and, and those guys. Uh, last year, uh, made a run into the NCAA tournament, got a host spot again, uh, but this time did not uh, finish the year as, as the year before. They were crashed out by the second game of their uh, their yeah. regional, and so it it ended up being a, an Auburn regional that ended up not featuring an Auburn team the rest of the way. So, Tom, you look at the this team this year. You're you're hopefully uh, it all appear it appears every all systems go with for Joseph Gonzalez. Hopefully he can stay uh, healthy all year. You've got a guy with Chase Alsup, uh, also a, a very uh, a very very good pitching arm. Uh, you've got a guy with uh, at least on the pitching staff with Will Cannon coming in. It looks to take over the closing role this year. Uh, and then with the bats, you've got a lot of a uh, lot of big bats coming in uh, for this year. You've got uh, Ike Irish is one of the guys leading oh, the yeah. charge. Uh, Chris Stanfield is back. What what are your thoughts on uh, the the Tigers on the diamond as we get started this weekend? Uh, expectations are high, and uh, I like that. I really like um, getting Gonzo back mm-hmm. in that starting rotation after missing all last year. Um, I mean, he would have been the ace last year. Uh, so I mean he's going to be the key cog on, on the mound this year. Getting him back, uh, it looks like he's uh, starting on day two. And so um, uh, the the guys that are back are very impressive. Like you mentioned, Ike Irish, and there's a lot of other guys that's coming back. Um, Chase also mm-hmm. uh, we mentioned just you know Gonzo, uh, it, but they have also brought in a, a, a really really good freshman class um, one of the top recruiting classes in the entire country so you're going to have a lot of new names that are going to make an impact so uh the expectations are higher this year than they have been in a, in the past few years uh that also worries me because for whatever reason auburn being auburn it's when the expectations are, are not there is when they succeed it's when the expectations are there is when they usually don't so 
I'm hoping that trend will reverse this year. Um, but obviously in the SEC, it's going to be tough once you get into conference play. LSU is going to be a monster again. A and M is going to be good. Old, you know, uh, I don't know about old Tennessee. Tennessee is going to be good. Uh, you know, did you mention Vanderbilt? Are they? Well, yeah, Van, I haven't, but yeah, I mean Vanderbilt. They, they, the one sport that they're actually good at right now is baseball. <laughs> don't discount bowling. We don't do bowling in <laughs> Auburn, but yeah. Um, so it, it's you know the schedule stuff, but they're going to be challenged early on in the season, and uh, you know I'm looking looking forward to it. I'm just, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get some baseball going and ready to see the improvements that they've done there at Plainsman Park. I was looking at it earlier today, and it's you know way way early for this, right? But there are eight projected first round draft picks just in the Southeastern Conference yeah. this year. Eight, and it's you know there's a couple pitchers. I think it, I, I think it's five hitters. And then in three pitchers, but some of the hitters also can pitch too, and so it's it's a very mixed bag. Uh, but it's it's just going to be fun. You open up uh, again. You open up play against uh, an Eastern Kentucky team this year. You open up SEC play once you get to March with a trip to Vanderbilt. That's your opener. That's your SEC opener. Right. Is Vanderbilt? Uh, you do. You have to face Tennessee. You have to face a team like Kentucky. You get uh, Alabama uh, as well down the down the stretch. Uh, you got to go to Baton Rouge this year. And so it's a, it's big. I want to ask you a trivia question I got from uh, Auburn Athletics sends out a, uh, a email every day called the Daily Brew. Uh, we mentioned Ike Irish. Ike Irish had the highest batting average ending the season last year with three sixty one. Do you know who the second highest batting average was? Ike Irish batted three. Think about that three sixty one on the year in, in SEC play oh, or wow. was featuring SEC play. He batted three sixty one. That's impressive. So who do you know who was second? If you would like, I can give you some options. Give me some options, All right? Because I can't think—I can't think of like the roster just off the top of my head. You got here's your—you get five options. All right. Bobby Pierce. Okay. Bryson Ware, Cole Foster, Caden Green, and Chris Stanfield. Um, but dum dum dum. I'm probably wrong, but I'm gonna go Bobby Pierce. That's where I was gonna get. That's where I thought this morning too. I said Bobby Pierce has got to be it. Bryson Ware, Bryson Ware had a phenomenal season last I, year. I feel it was either him or Bryson Ware. He had a three fifty batting average, oh, wow. so 11, 11 points back of Ike Irish, uh, but eleven points back of Ike Irish was still three fifty on the year. Uh, so some big bats on this Auburn team, uh, and we will talk more about that. We'll talk more about the pitching coming up here in just a little bit as we're joined by Everett Tiford, the pitching coach uh, for the Auburn Tigers, uh, here coming up in the second uh, hour of the program. But right now, we'll head to our top of the hour break. 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. More Auburn basketball talk coming up. I am Brooks Childress. Cam Berry, T.P. Hammock, and Tom Peavy are on the program with me today uh and we will uh we'll be back after this quick time out featuring uh mr tp hammock with our tiger communications sports report right after this One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. 
You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back, Sports Call, on this Wednesday, a Valentine's Day Wednesday here on Sports Call, and we are feeling the love all day long. Uh, one hour is in the books. We start the second hour right now. Uh, I am Brooks Shoulders, temporarily sitting in for Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He is running a couple errands, so he will be back uh, shortly. Mr. Cam Berry, Mr. Tom Peavy, join me uh, on one side of desk. Mr. T.P. Hammock, the other T.P. on the staff uh, now, is uh, on the other side taking your phone calls and, uh, and running the board, making us sound good. Coming up here uh, very shortly... Uh, here in this hour, we will talk to Auburn baseball pitching coach er- uh, Everett Tiford. Uh, he joined us earlier today. Me and Ryan got a chance to sit down and talk with him uh, earlier today. And so we will have that interview coming up here in just a little bit as he enters his first year on the Plains as the pitching coach under Butch Thompson. Uh, we'll talk to him in just a little bit. Also coming up this hour, make sure you stay tuned as we will. Uh, we may have some giveaways for you uh, folks out there listening. So make sure you uh, listen and hopefully you uh, you take advantage of us feeling giving the love back to you guys for listening to the program with some giveaways coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We go to the Orthopedic Clinic for the first time here this afternoon as we start our number two and it is war damn steve retired war damn steve joins us from his palatial estate down in Fairhope. steve how are we doing this afternoon well obviously you haven't been down to my place and <laughs> called it palatial estate but uh thanks for the compliment uh or eagle and happy valentine's day to all you guys happy valentine's day happy steve. Valentine's day. okay so i was in a festive mood guys okay until this afternoon oh. i saw breaking news uh the the tragedy uh, shooting again at a place that should be any kind of shootings that you know you're going to a parade why are you taking guns but there we go again one person killed uh nine people injured i've read yeah it's it's a very sad situation we are we've got tv on monitoring uh updates that come in we have not mentioned it on the air yet uh but it is uh it, it's a very scary situation uh but it it, it appears uh, from what we've seen that some that law enforcement have uh at least a a suspect or two in custody yeah, they got really, apparently, or oh, they're holding two people. And it was happening, apparently, from what I saw on CNN, that it was right, as they said, wrapping up the parade. So that's when it happened. 
and that that's even mm. more scary because if they're if it, that's where you're wrapping up the parade, that means the the players are starting to disembark from where their buses or or floats or whatever they were riding on, and so uh, it, it's a it's a very very sad situation out there uh, in Kansas City, and we we definitely send uh, all thoughts and prayers to to the people of uh, Missouri. Yeah, it just gets you know it gets old after time. It's almost like we're normalizing thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and it, it's not a good it's not a good thing. No, it's not. All right, if I can, let me go ahead and move on from there. Uh, about tonight's game, guys, when I saw the opening line this morning, I said, um, what's wrong here? I said, because I, when I talked with Ryan yesterday, we were thinking, and he's usually a good, good predictor of the line, we both thought maybe somewhere between four and a half, six points maybe, and it was almost double that, 11 and a half, guys, it's still 11 and a half. Okay, yep. help me figure out what is going on with Vegas. Who are they trying to sucker? Uh, well, I think they're just giving a lot of love to that home court advantage of, of Neville Not Arena. Not have points, though. Come on. We just got a thrashing from Florida. And by the way, Florida should have lost LSU last. They, they got away with, with LSU being just bad uh, at the very second. Did you see that game? I did not watch that game last night. He had an open shot, this LSU guy. And first time he misses it, okay, then he gets a rebound. And nobody around him. And he throws the ball just uh, weakly and just barely hits the rim. There's it. They win the game by two points. Yeah, but I, again, so I, I, I'm thinking, guys. You know, excuse me, you know, how in the world else you who's a bad team, bad team, okay, on the road takes you know uh, Florida to, to to the to two point uh, win, you know, at their place, and we get thrashed by sixteen points. Yeah, well, I, you you could chalk some of that up to just the the chaos that is college basketball. But the other part part of that is, you know, you're you're Florida. You're coming off a very very high emotional win on 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 Saturday over a, a top twenty five Auburn team. You've you've improved your your tournament chances. I believe the bracketology came out yesterday. They're sitting on the four line right now, uh, or the no, they they moved up uh, a little bit. I think they're they're an eight seed or nine seed uh, right now. So they they've moved up in their rankings after after that game. Um, LSU came off of LSU got thrashed on Saturday to, at uh, hosting Alabama uh, and so Alabama put, hung 109 points on that LSU team so it was a it was a combination of uh, you know the 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 it feels like the combination of the the chaos that is college out. basketball and then a bounce back game for LSU and a and a hey we just beat a, a really good Auburn team for Florida and they kind of you know you're, you're sitting there and you you uh, you almost gave up one to LSU well I just can't figure out anymore there's no consistency in any of these teams, no matter how good they may be, no matter if they're ranked or not, you can just chalk it. Well, I don't know who's going to win tonight. They think they do, uh, but even they are wrong. I mean, they had Kansas as a, a big favorite, and they, they, they get thrashed. Yeah, yeah, it's you and know. And how that, about Texas A&M? That, they lost last night to who? Vanderbilt, yeah, the and that's why you know you, you get to tournament time and you you really have to applaud whoever ends up winning that national title because sometimes you're like oh yeah you know this this Duke team or this Kansas team or this Kentucky team they look like the best team and they get they get knocked out so you, you really got to applaud especially in basketball the the way that the, some of these teams go on and win championships because it's just a it's a it's a fun chaotic sport where like you said. Texas A&M lost to a, a dismal Vanderbilt team. Uh, you you had Kansas go on the road to Texas Tech and just get absolutely walloped on Monday night. It's it's and that Kansas team, you know, they went on the road to Kansas State the week before and they got beat at Kansas State the week before too. Well, you know, is this just is this year an anomaly? 
because uh, I don't see any teams that are just, you know, well, you know, you can count on this team, you know, they ain't losing. I don't think this year's an anomaly. I, I think that there's a, you know, it, it's, I think what it is, and this is this is my my personal opinion, uh, and I, I said this during football season because there was you know there wasn't really a a huge dominant team you, you, uh, in in football this year that you were like certain that they were not going to lose a football game. Um, it's it feels like the the transfer portal is starting to not even things out but make things a little bit closer. You you've still got the teams here, the Kentuckys, the Kansas, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, and basketball are still going to get the five stars. They're still going to get multiple five stars. But when you've got well, a chance to be helping Kentucky or Kansas, yeah, North Carolina lost last night too on the road to South uh, to Syracuse. They? Yeah, they. Well, this, I guess they sure did. You're they, right. They lost to Georgia Tech the week before too on the road, and so it's it it's not. I'm I'm not going to say it's fully the transfer portal, but I think you're starting to see a little bit of not not again not leveling the playing field but you're starting to get some good players that have not gotten the chance to play go to these other schools and help them get a little bit better and kind of throw a little bit more chaos into it again so the big schools are still going to get the five stars they're still going to get multiple of the five stars and they're still going to be good and ranked high but you're starting to see other teams start to take advantage of, of getting some of those players that may not get that chance to play early well speaking of that i read with their several five-star and four-star basketball uh recruits they're going to be at the game tonight. Yeah, big big night for the Tigers. Yeah, about tonight, guys. Uh, how many of you guys are going to be uh, going either in the professional or unprofessional sense? Uh, I think the only one uh, that is going to be going uh, in any form or fashion is going to be Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He's going to be going in a professional sense for for the company tonight. But I think everybody else is is uh, watching the game on TV. Yeah. It, it's some of us are, are have to watch it on TV tonight because of uh, Valentine's Day obligations. Uh, but it, it, it's still and it, it, any other, anybody else, it's still a hot ticket to get into Neville Arena. Okay, I thought it was a big date night. I'd take your your partner out to the basketball game. Yeah. It could be. So, the over and under guys is uh, really, really low, one thirty six and a half. Mm. Uh, and I've been reading, of course, you know. And Ryan said yesterday to me that you know this uh, team likes to play real slow. This would lead to being a low scoring game, correct? It could be. It could be very much so. And I read where apparently in no game this season has South Carolina allowed any team to score eighty points on them. Is that right? Yeah, they're averaging 64 points per game for per contest. Um, I'd have to go back and look at their uh, their their basketball uh, roster for or their their schedule for this year. But they are they are a very good defensive team. They continue to you know they they like you said they played slow. Uh, I'm I'm scanning through their uh, their their list here, uh, but it uh, it does not look. I, I think that's right. They have not allowed anybody over. Uh, they haven't. Even, nobody's touched 80 points yet on them. And apparently they have some. A uh, player there that uh, I know, darn, that shoots over forty percent from the arc. It's an odd name. Do you know who that is? Uh, is it Michi Johnson? Nope, that's not the name. Well, that's a that was my first guess. <laughs> uh, I'll look up while we're talking. But anyway, so I know they have somebody that was that good uh, from the arc there. So, uh oh, here we go, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, you know, the, I wouldn't say, oh, here we go, because it is still an Auburn basketball team inside Neville Arena, uh, and, and there's a reason why Vegas gave them 11.5 points. I think Auburn, would, you know, is a team that should be favored, uh, but that, that little extra boost uh, is, is the home crowd, and so, you know, you, you get into that environment, you get, you, you get rattled a little bit, uh, and that, could, uh, that, that should be able to help, the, help Auburn uh, immensely in this basketball game. Well, 
give you some perspective here. Uh, and I don't know how good their projections have been on ESPN, but their ESPN BPI gives us, hold on here, an 89.7% of winning. Uh, and yet Vegas says that we're going to be mopping the floor with them. And all I'm hearing, guys, is this this team, you know, South Carolina, you know, there's nothing to be, you know, um, you know, food around with. But, wow, uh, I'm just still thinking, uh, is it possible that our team – can really uh, be that good that we're predicted to have a nine percent chance of winning? Uh, again, I, I think it's a it's a combination of you're coming, you're Auburn, you're, you need to have a bounce back game here, and you you know traditionally, if you're you know you, you look at this type of game, you've got Kentucky on the horizon coming up on Saturday. You'd say, oh, this could be in danger of Auburn having a look ahead game. Well. South Carolina is a higher ranked team. South Carolina is uh, is a is a better team than Kentucky so far this year, and they beat Kentucky. So this is not a look ahead game uh, this year for Auburn. This is a hey, this is a, rank, a highly ranked team. They're ranked higher than us coming into uh, into Neville Arena. The the eleven and a half. I you know again, I I think that they're you're getting that line because of the the home field of, or the home court advantage. There is, is some of the reason that's going to the pop that line up. I don't know if Auburn covers. Uh, if if you told me to if if you told me I was in Vegas and I had to lay money on uh, if uh, the eleven and point line, I would take uh, I would take South Carolina to cover but not win. Uh, and so oh. and, and so I, I think this tie, I think this Auburn team uh, is is they need a bounce back game and this is a perfect opportunity for it after Saturday. Well, and I would also take the point. However, in Vegas, according to the ones I'm looking at right now, Vegas Insider, fifty five percent of the betting public is betting Auburn and giving up the points. Man, I mean that 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 just shows you what a lot of people think about that that home court advantage. All right, so here's a guy I found out that I'm really wow. This guy's this good. Point guard by the name of T A apostrophe L O M Talon Cooper. Yeah, Talon. Um, yeah, yeah. I know he's just darn good. He's currently number three in the SEC in assists while shooting. Hold on, a whopping forty six percent from beyond the arc. And, and you know it's it's it, it's uh, that's impressive, but you you look at it. He's not always having the best of games either. You, you look at their last game against Vanderbilt on Saturday. He only had five points uh, in the whole game. Didn't know that, but still, forty six percent. They average that, and maybe have a bad game. But this guy's going to have to be who will be guarding him? You think? Uh, I, I would say probably a combination of uh, maybe Donaldson and Aiden Holloway. You get him step out there. Maybe uh, Katie Johnson too, if, if he's out there on the three line. Okay. Well, Katie's good. Sometimes we get bad Katie Johnson, and he goes crazy. Just you know, fouls people. Yeah. Yeah. You you really have to be careful about which Katie Johnson goes out there against them. All right. Okay. So I also saw we have two new football. Uh, I guess off the field. Uh, coaches that just been hired, you know that? Uh, yes, I did see that. Okay. All right. And how about this shocker, or at least it was a shock to me, uh, from a Bleacher uh, report this morning. Did you see the ESPN uh, deal with the uh, SEC? I'm sorry, with the college uh, football playoff? Yeah, they're, they're uh, extending their deal with them, and so all the playoff games, at least for the time being, are going to continue to stay on the ESPN networks. Yeah, they're going to be the Walmart monopoly, apparently, when it comes to college football playoffs. $7.8 billion extension for six years. Wow. And when I say wow, because uh, that comes over a billion dollars a year, and right now they're only paying $608 million annually, according to the athletic report. So 
that's quite a deal. And the only thing that they haven't wrapped up uh, is CBS uh, with basketball. Uh, so I guess originally they'll, they'll buy out uh, CBS as a, a contract, right? I don't know. That's uh, all the money they're spending on college football. Um, uh, CBS and, and Turner Sports they uh, they can they grab that stranglehold on the on the NCAA basketball tournament. They that's their that's their puppy every year. What would you say produces more revenue financially? Mm-hmm. Is it the college football playoff yeah. or is it the NCAA tournament? Gosh, that's a really good question because college uh, obviously football rules rules all uh, in 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 the U.S. But March Madness is such a big event every single year, and it's I, also so long. Yeah, yeah, it goes. You've got so many more teams that are involved in it, and it stretches out for so long that basketball is going to be the the one I think that would garner the most. Okay, I was just curious. I I haven't seen any stats on any of that. Okay, so uh, guys, uh, I saw this from Bleach Report also, and I said, wow. You know, and Tom, you talked about this yesterday about the quarterbacks you grew up you grew up with and who you admired, I thought was the better one, and I agree with you. I grew up watching a lot of different quarterbacks, okay? Uh, you name it. And I knew what teams they played for. And then I remember that I thought at that time that the best quarterbacks were first, you mentioned Joe Montana, but I also thought Steve Young, who followed up, was also a great quarterback. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I don't know how their stats matched up to, to Brady or to Mahomes. I looked them up. But I thought they were probably, I mean, I, I always, when I was there back then, if, you know, either those two quarterbacks were quarterbacking, then I thought that was money in the bank because they would make comebacks when you wouldn't expect it. Oh, yeah. That, those, those types of guys, uh, very much like Mahomes is now, uh, you know, in that Super Bowl. You give him the ball with a little over a minute, and you just know they're going to go down and score. I mean, it's like there's no doubt that they're about to go down there and do something. It's more surprise. It's more surprising when they when they have a gaffe and they don't get it done. That that's more surprising than anything. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, end it with this, guys. Uh, this came from Beach Report again. Apparently, uh, Mr. Mahomes is so confident. I don't know if you call it cockiness or just very confident in his abilities. He had texted his wife, okay, uh, before they had even ended the play the regular season finale against the uh, Chargers and told her in his text, I decided, quote, we are going to win the Super Bowl. He then followed up that text and says, I'll see you in Vegas. I'm not done. How about that confidence? I mean, uh, yeah, you, you, you like to see that from your starting quarterback. So if he's going to be the GOAT, then I'm saying – He's going to have to match and probably even beat the Super Bowl wins that Mr. Brady has already done. So he's got, yeah. what, three to four more uh, to win? Yeah, he's got three Super Bowls right now under his belt, and he would have to win four more to, to match Tom Brady. What what are the odds you give him that, uh, that he can do that, guys? Uh, gosh, I, I think it really, you know, it, it really depends on how they, they continue to, uh, to build that roster. Because Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, he just signed that huge contract not too long ago that is paying him so much money. It's going to continue to pay him so much money as it keeps going forward because it's kind of structure where he gets paid more as the years go on. When Meanwhile, a guy like Tom Brady, he was paid a lot of money. Not, you know, it, it's not like he wasn't paid a lot of money. He was paid a lot of money, but he always, at least with the Patriots, 
and and I I don't remember what his his Buccaneers contract looked like, uh, but he always took a little bit less money and told the the front office told Bill Belichick go get me some players uh, for the Patriots, and so they were able to distribute some of that money that they would have rather they would have paid him. So in the front end here of this contract, I think it's more likely that they win uh, win Super Bowls uh, on this front end. But as you keep going and he keeps getting more and more expensive as they go through the rest of this uh, massive contract, I think it's going to get harder for them to win. Well, what do you think they're going to do? Oh. He gets, can you ever get can it ever get too expensive for the owners of uh, this team uh, to not renegotiate his contract? Uh, no, well, it, it could get to it, it could get that to that point, but you got this this thing where you can defer money and you can start paying him after, like even after he retires, you can pay him some more money, but it's going to hurt your cap after he he went after he retires. Yeah, well, I say throw. Throw, throw the bank at him because you don't want to lose him to some other team, do that's, you? That's true. You don't. You don't. And I don't think Kansas City will will let that happen either. Unless the only way that he leaves Kansas City is if he chooses himself. the The Chiefs are are would be stupid if they ever let him walk away. Okay. So final question, guys. You guys, who needs to have a breakout game tonight? Breakout game, oh, man. You know, you know who I, you know who I think needs to have a, a a big game, and he's had fine games, but I, I think needs to have a really big game is Jani Broom. Jani Broom, okay. What about Jalen Williams? Yeah, uh, I mean, you you always want Jalen Williams to to be scoring at, at a at a great pace because Auburn seems to have a lot of success whenever he's having big games, and when he's not, they struggle. So, uh, I mean, really. Janai Broom needs to have a big game. Jalen Williams and then Chad Baker Mazzara. I mean, those. I was gonna say, what about Chad Baker? The, those three, uh, those three are who you really, really want to get big games out of because they're the guys that can score at a at big time clip. You can really go up and down the roster and say, KD Johnson needs to have a big day. Uh, the two Denver point guards Jones. need to have big days. Denver Jones needs to have a big day. Yeah, I mean, ideally you don't want anybody to have a bad day. But, I mean, to in order for Auburn to have success, you're going to have to have Broom, Williams, or Mazzara are going to have to be like your three key cogs that have good games. And I want to touch on what, what uh, you know, you, you want all these guys that have big games. I think you need, who needs to have a pivotal game, an important game. I think Aiden Holloway, not a big game. I think he needs to have a few shots go down, though, to get that confidence back up. Yeah, you know, guys, I I I, I hate to, to say this, and I don't know if I'd be willing to say it to his face, but I've kind of almost like kind of like just given up on the season with Aiden Holloway showing uh, any progress. Well, you see, I, I don't think that's the smart move because he's still a freshman. And I know there's a lot, you know, people are going to look at the stars and look at uh, highly touted, but he's still a freshman learning this game. He was not going to be a guy that came in and was a one-and-done guy uh, for Auburn. He's going to continue to develop. You're going to see him continue to get better as the season goes on. Uh, and oh, that's I why I that. Excuse me, but, but I have not seen the progress. It's incremental. I've seen regression at times. Well, that, that's why I said I think he there needs to be – uh, this and, and, and I, I hope it's tonight. You need to, he needs to have a game where a couple of shots go down and gets that confidence back up for him, and he, he starts to to head the other way. I think that's what's important. If not tonight, I think it needs to happen Saturday in one of these two big games where he can hit a couple shots, get his confidence back up, and start going back up the mountain. Okay. Well, let's hope that your uh, prognostication comes uh, comes to reality. Thank you guys for your time again. My time is way way up. Uh, y'all have a safe afternoon. Enjoy your. Uh, Valentine's Day with whoever you're with. And so until tomorrow, more you guys. And let's see about tomorrow. Maybe uh, we'll feel a lot more chipper about our team. Absolutely. Bye, guys.
Eagle. War Eagle Steve, that was Star Ward M. Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We'll go ahead and head to our next break of the show. We come back conversation with Everett Tiford of the Auburn baseball team, pitching coach entering his first year for Auburn baseball on the program. Joining me and Ryan right after this. You're listening to Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you. And we are now very pleased to go to our orthopedic clinic phone line where we welcome on the pitching coach of Auburn University, Coach Everett Tiford, as the Auburn baseball season gets ready to start here. And Coach Tiford, we are certainly appreciative of the time today. How are things in your world as we approach opening day? Uh, good. It looks like we should be pretty good with the weather on Friday, so hopefully we get kicked off with the wind and uh, everybody, knock on wood, is healthy. So, uh, yeah, all's good right now. And Coach Tiford, let's let's educate our listeners a little bit about your background. You were recently, uh, you pitched in Major League Baseball. You were recently in the Chicago White Sox organization as a coach there. Just talk to, to us a little bit about the move from professional baseball to college and what made Auburn uh, and this opportunity so attractive to you. Yeah, you know, I, uh, just from looking from afar, college is always intriguing to me. Um, you get to kind of wear a lot of different hats. Uh, we're in, you know, the pro side, you, you know, you kind of coach or kind of fill in your silo, so to say. Um, but in college, you get to do some recruiting, you know, kind of scouting director, and then you also get to develop the guys. So it was kind of cool. Um, you know, just from the outside looking in, I think what made Auburn, you know, the, the, the best fit for me, um, was Coach Thompson. Just the, the person he is and the integrity and, and just, you know, everything that comes with the, the greatness of, of him as a man um, was, was really intriguing. You know what, he's had a ton of success uh, as well. So, um, yeah, it kind of just it, it made a lot of sense. I was very lucky and blessed to, to have this opportunity, no doubt. And, Coach, you kind of answered it there, but I wanted to know what the sales pitch was from Coach Thompson to get you to come and, and join the staff at Auburn. Dude, sometimes I feel like I need to sell him on me uh, more, less than him selling me on, on coming here. I mean, Auburn's a great school. I grew up in Georgia, so knew about Auburn, um, had friends who went to school here, uh, and I really have struggled to find one person that went to Auburn to say anything bad about it. So from a pa- family perspective, having three kids, you know, we thought it was a, a great going to be a great place to live. And like I said, I mean, the, the program – uh, under Coach Thompson has been, just been, you know, really rock solid the last uh, last few few years, and and I think we're going to hopefully continue that. So, it was, like I said, I felt like more I probably need to sell him on me than him selling me on the program. So, Coach Seaford, before we get to some of the individuals that we can expect to see out there this year, let's talk a little bit about the philosophy for your pitching staff this year. Just what has the, been the most important focus for you and for Coach Thompson uh, as you work up to this opening day? 
I mean, I wouldn't say it's necessarily rocket science, but, uh, you know, just pounding the strike zone, um, relentlessly attacking guys. Uh, you know, I know there were times last year when, when the, you know, the staff struggled with throwing strikes and, you know, we made an emphasis from day one, uh, that the guys who are going to get on the field are the ones that are going to be, you know, giving us the best chance to win by attacking the strike zone. So really, I would say if there's anything philosophical, like as a group, it was that we were going to be on the attack from pitch one. Even if that meant giving up more hits, um, you know, we were really going to limit our damage and we were going to play the odds that, that you know, our defense is, is really strong and, and, you know, you're going to hit it either at somebody or we're going to make a really good pitch and get, get weak contact. So that was kind of the, the first uh, philosophical thing that, that maybe we really harped on from day one was just we're doing nothing but attacking the strike zone and focusing on what we can control. I know this is something that is more uh, of a new commodity in Major League Baseball, and that is the pitch clock. Obviously, it's been around uh, in college for a while, but I know recently, I believe it was last year, they added it to uh, guys, even with with guys on runners on base and that sort of thing. Uh, Do you ever have to tell pitchers to speed up a little bit? Does that get them out of their comfort zone when there are runners on base and there is a time limit, or is that just something that has come so naturally for all these college guys? Um, with this group, I would say it's come pretty natural. I think the one, uh, the, the one equalizer with the pitch clock is, is the pitch comm. So basically, um, I have a controller in the dugout that sends out the pitch, and it goes straight to the pitcher's hat and the catcher's hat and all of our infielders. So there's not the, the time that it takes to put down multiple signs. You know, sign stealing has obviously become very uh, prevalent in, in the game of baseball, maybe a little bit more than it has been, even though it's always been there. So I think having that ability really takes out the delay in, in needing to, you know, be very thorough to hide signs. Um, so I, I really don't see that being a big issue for us. But, uh, yeah, obviously it's something we talked about because, you know, we want to get strikes. And if we get, you know, get a violation, that's obviously a ball. So um, I, I think it really should be a non-factor for, for this group um, due to the pitch comp. Coach, I wanted to to ask you. You're you're coming into the the program. You know, you, you talked about you you heard about Auburn. You knew about Auburn. You knew you obviously uh, most folks in in baseball know about the the quality of SEC baseball. When you're coming in and you're taking over uh, as the pitching coach and an SEC staff, when you're looking at the rest of the league and you've got you know multiple teams with uh, multiple first round draft prospects and hitters, what type of challenge does that present you and your your pitching staff when you you're going into a season like this? Yeah, you know, you you look at it from afar and you're like, man, the SEC is really good. Gosh, they got a lot of good teams. And then when your schedule comes out and it's like, holy crap, like, man, it's kind of like really smacks you in the face when you're you're part of the program about how just deep and and you know how how great the players are. Um, the one thing I've said is is you know these the kids are good players, but they're not in the pro game yet. And it, all of all of our players' aspirations are to play pro and play to, and make it to the major leagues. So it's really like, hey, you know, if you want to get where you're going to go, you got to get these guys out. Um, and they may end up being some of the better hitters in the big leagues when they get there, but they're not there yet. So don't give them, you know, too much credit and don't let the name, you know, scare you, um, because you know where you want to go. The names may be bigger and brighter, and it's going to be from all over the world. So really trying to keep things in perspective about just kind of focusing on where our feet are and where everybody is in their development, um, past obviously both us on the mound and, and the, you know, the hitters that will 
you know, maybe first rounders in a few months. So it's really just, you know, once again, focusing on what we can control and not necessarily worrying about the, the hitter in the box. Talking to Auburn baseball coach, pitching coach Everett Tieford today on Sports Hall. So, Coach, let's talk about some individuals. And I know a lot of Auburn baseball fans uh, fans are certainly wondering about Joseph Gonzalez, a guy that had such a good year for the Tigers two years ago, but obviously was not healthy last year. What have you seen from him as we've worked up to the season? And uh, just just what do you what kind of expectations do you have for him this year? Yeah, he's done a really uh, a great job, you know, coming to the park every day while he's, you know, when he's rehabbing in the fall and, and we were doing different drill things before he kind of got thrown. Every day he comes ready to get better, you know, no matter what's kind of been on his slate. And he has gotten better as the spring's kind of rolled on from his first outing to, to his last one. Um, you know, it's still, you know, getting back into the game routine, hasn't pitched in, in you know, outside competition in a year. I'm sure there'll there'll be a little bit of rust, but just knowing the person he is and and as hard as he works and the determination he has, I I feel pretty confident that we we should see a guy get better and better as the season goes on. Um, You know, Slider's gotten better as the springs, you know, kind of come to a close, which is a big pitch for him as changeup as well. So every time out, you kind of see a little bit of improvement from from outing to outing. So I, I think that should take, you know, kind of go on into the season as well. Another guy we wanted to ask you about was Will Cannon. That was a guy last year that was pretty versatile for Auburn. He uh, closed some. He had a few starts. Uh, what do you see for his role? What is he most comfortable uh, doing for the Tigers? The great thing about Will Cannon is he doesn't care. He just wants the ball and wants to go compete and wants to try to win. So he, it's been an absolute joy working with him just from his mentality of, of how little he cares about maybe himself and as much as he just wants to help the team win and and do it in any fashion uh right now it's probably going to be the back end of the bullpen um you know his his velocity's been up a little bit his slider has improved a lot and his changeup um has come around too we we gave him some starts in the fall and in the spring and i think it's really helped him develop uh the depth of his pitch mix um by being out there a little bit more and having to you know go through a lineup twice so I'm really excited to see um, him, you know, finish games and, and hopefully our starters, you know, do their thing and, and it just kind of, you know, rolls through the year. But uh, I think the entire staff feels good with Will Cannon pretty much in any position. Coach Tiford, you guys went through fall ball, had a few scrimmages against uh, some some pretty good teams, and then you've had about two to three weeks of inner squads here going into the season. A uh, couple questions: Who are some younger guys on the pitching staff that you've really been impressed by in these in in live action that you think Auburn fans are going to be excited to see this year? And then looking on the other side of things, who are some of the hitters that you've seen that have really uh, re- really taken a step forward here in in live action baseball? Yeah, uh, on the pitching front, I would say the, the two um, young kids have been uh, Cam Tilly and, and Griffin Graves. Um, Cam has really done a nice job basically from, from the first day out. Uh, he was here in summer school, so was Griff. Um, but he really handled, you know, facing SEC hitters uh, in the fall, you know, very, very well. There wasn't much. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't try to do more than he was capable of, and I think that really helped him you know, have a lot of success. I would say if there's one guy who, you know, maybe struggled and had some ups and downs in the fall and really came back better after Christmas break was, uh, was, is Griffin. 
Um, he's been absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, like we talked about, dictating counts, getting in, in good positions to have success. He's done, a, he's done an outstanding job. And I think it's kind of good what Cam did well as far as being, you know, not necessarily phased by, by any, you know, hitter in the box. Um, Griffin's done that and kind of just focused on staying within himself and not having to do too much. Um, on the hitting front, I would say, I mean, this name is obviously very uh, familiar with, with uh, you know, Auburn fans, but Ike Irish is just an unbelievable hitter. Um, I think the, the uniqueness of our lineup is going to be the balance between left and right. Um, and I, I think it's just a really versatile lineup that can do a lot of things, play small ball, but has some thump with Cooper, you know, and Ike and Bobby there through the middle. So I, I guess I can't necessarily pinpoint one other than I think Ike's an unbelievable talent. Um, but I think the lineup as a whole functions really well. I don't know if that's a cheap answer, but uh, that's, that's the one I'm going to give today. And then, Coach, you, you look at the season getting started this weekend. you got Eastern Kentucky coming in for a three-game series. You get a midweek next week and get UAB before you go down and take part of the Jacksonville Baseball Classic against some uh, quality opponents in Iowa, Wichita State, and Virginia. What is you guys as a, as a coaching staff uh, game plan going into the season? Because there's not a lot of film on, on other hitters, and you're, you're really just you know trying to figure things out. So what, what's the game plan as you hit these first couple weeks of the season? I think, you know, just, just really focusing on our strengths and what do we do well. Um, I think if we can, if we can control counts and, and, you know, we, we use our best weapons, I think we can definitely get off to a really, a really strong start and then kind of figure out more of the hitters. Um, the one thing with the amount of technology that's getting into the game of baseball is that there is, a, like, there's more than probably in the past uh, of information that we have on guys. But there will be some new hitters with Eastern Kentucky that we really don't know. UAB's got some decent, a decent amount of returning guys. There's, there's a little bit of information um, to go off of, but I, I think my, my message to the, to the guys is really, you know, we're going to use our strengths. And until we see them, you know, adjust and be able to do anything with, with what we do well, you know, we're going to just be relentlessly attacking them with that, um, you know, throughout the weekend and the first part of the season. Talking to Auburn pitching coach Everett Tieford today on Sports Call, and Coach Tieford will close with this. As you do assess this pitching staff in the in the first few weeks of the season, how uh, how close is the team to deciding on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday rotation, and and just just how many guys are kind of still in the mix as we start the season for for those pivotal roles? Um, the one the one great thing about this this pitching staff is the depth. Um, I think we feel good with having you know five to really six guys, you know, potentially make, make starts. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of role versatility that, that, you know, we can kind of look at lineups and play some more, more matchups with our depth. Um, I think also and Gonzo, you know, are going to be, you know, the, I, I told them, you know, I think they're two number ones on the same staff. Um, so, you know, those two guys, and then really just kind of feeling, you know, the, the third spot out at Carson Myers is going to start this Sunday. Um, but like Herbert Holtz is a guy that can, we feel absolutely comfortable with starting. Uh, Connor McBride, a transfer, we feel good about, you know, Cam Tilly through, through, you know, starts where he went up to three innings. So I think we feel good with the multitude of guys, which I think is going to be the strength of, of this staff. 
Coach Everett Tiford, pitching coach for Auburn University, joining us today on Sports Call. Coach Tiford, again, we certainly appreciate the time today, and we are very much looking forward to the Tigers being out at Plainson Park in just a few days and seeing your pitching staff in this ball club. Again, thanks so much for the time today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. That is Auburn pitching coach Everett Tiford joining us today on Sports Call. attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show hi my name is what my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 i'm Corey grant former auburn football and nfl running back and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call on this Wednesday. I am Brooks Childress. Wrapping up our number two here shortly. Cam Barry, Tom Peavy joined me on the program. Ryan LaVoy uh, was also just uh, joined uh, the program from earlier today in our, our uh, interview with uh, Everett Tiford, the pitching coach for Auburn Baseball. He will join the show live and take my place here after the next break. Uh, as we get uh, going here with the final segment of the second hour. I want to thank Coach Tiford for making time for us today. I uh, hope everybody out there enjoyed the interview. If you missed it, make sure you go back and check it out on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola, wherever you get your podcast. It will be posted shortly after the show goes off the air this evening. Got about four minutes or so left in the hour uh, here on this uh, Wednesday, so let's go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, and it is... Keith from Auburn. Keith is joining us here this afternoon. Keith, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm I'm well, guys. Hope you all are doing the same. Just wanted to uh, comment real briefly all right. uh, about the, uh, I guess, the shooting at the parade. Um, don't know a whole lot about it. I've been watching some clips of on social media. Uh, uh, not necessarily about the uh, the shooting, but mm. just the just the Chiefs in general. I mean, it's pretty sad and uh, ridiculous that. Uh, players, uh, you know, a lot of kids look up to these these professional athletes, and then they want to get out in public and uh, act act not right. I guess you could say, uh, just uh, just not a fan of that. Um, you know, it's okay to drink, okay to do all that stuff, but but do it, you know, somewhere other than publicly in the streets when everybody's watching. Uh, I don't know if y'all have seen any of the clips of. Of some of the players, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call any of them. I just, just don't agree with it, and I'll leave it at that. But you know, it's sad that uh, you have something like that, and you've got one dead and ten injured. Uh, mm. You know, it's almost to the point where it's not safe to <laughs> to get in crowds anymore. I don't reckon um, there's so much stuff going on in this world. But yeah. uh, but anyway, I just wanted to, you know, give my two cents uh, on that. Um, you know, the Auburn game 
starts at what time tonight? Uh, seven thirty is the tip time in, inside Neville Arena. Seven thirty, and you know, I want I want to say this: I hadn't uh, checked their record recently. I, I think they've got three losses, but yep. you know, uh, uh, not not South Carolina. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping to another <laughs> game now. I mean, I'm looking forward to that game. I still think Auburn uh, wins that game tonight, but. Uh, you know, just down the road or up the road, uh, you got to give you t- tip your hat off to Sanford Bulldogs. Um, you know, they're I don't know twenty two and three or or something like that. They're probably going to win their conference that they're in. Um, and I think uh, Joe Lenardi has them as a, maybe a twelve seed or eleven mm-hmm. seed somewhere. Yeah, right 20, in there. you were right. Twenty two and three overall. They are undefeated at home on the year fourteen and zero inside yeah. uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, you know that coach there. Uh, I can't remember his last name. I think it's Mac Williams or McDaniel's. Bucky's his first name. He's, yeah. he's a longtime coach at a uh, Mountain Brook High School, uh, and they had a lot of success. Uh, oh, Bucky know, McMillan. At, at McMillan, thank you. I knew it was Mac something, uh, but uh, he had a lot of success at at, at Mountain Brook. So uh, you know, it's good to see him with the college ranks. Uh, he keeps winning like that. He probably is not going to be at Stanford very long. Oh yeah, uh, you know he may just that may be where he wants to end up. You know, so I, I don't know, but uh, kudos to him and and Sanford. They they've got a pretty good ball team. I've they watched do. them play a couple of times, so I'm impressed. Uh, and the other thing, uh, before I hang up, I'll uh, give Coach uh, Brant a, a shout out and uh, Auburn uh, high school basketball. I hadn't seen him play any this year, uh, but uh, I know Coach Brant and uh, that team. Uh, you know, takes on his mentality. Uh, that's probably why they're winning. Uh, oh, yeah. Coach Brent does an outstanding job there and teaches those kids up and coaches them up. And, and I guess a shout-out to the Auburn girls as well. I, I don't know. Uh, I think they won. So uh, do you know, real quick, guys, I'll hang up and, and, and listen. Okay. But do you know uh, where they play at, um, if it's in Montgomery or I don't know where Bill, Bill Harris was. I guess that may be Troy University. I'm not sure. But uh, I'll hang up and listen to you. Your answer on that. If you know or if you can find out where they play next Wednesday, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for, for taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks so much for that call, Keith. Uh, that was Keith from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Yeah, that's going to be up in Birmingham is where the, those two games are going to be. Auburn uh, boys getting a win yesterday They uh, in, in the state basketball tournament. They are taking on the Central Red Devils uh, next week uh, up in Birmingham. And I believe the girls, they beat Daphne, by the way, uh, yesterday. And then the girls, uh, they also beat Daphne. Uh, and they will be taking on Foley next week against uh, up there in Birmingham. So those two games will be up in Birmingham at the uh and that's where the uh, I think the central division plays right. their their regionals is up in Birmingham um and so shout out to those those two uh programs here locally uh shout out to Central Phoenix City Boys for making it that far too so a lot of a lot of fun basketball going on in the state yeah. right now so it seems like it all it seems like in that 7A it, it's always Auburn and Central mm. it, it, it it doesn't matter what sport it is it seems like Auburn and Central are the two that are always there um so yeah uh Happy for uh, Chris Brand. I I love those guys over there. I covered a lot of Auburn High basketball in my days with the Opelika Auburn News and got to know that staff very well. And a lot of them are still still hanging around after yeah. all these years. I'll have to get a get a comprehensive list so we can shout out all of the uh, the local teams in the playoffs. Still in the playoffs right now. Unfortunately, our Beauregard Hornets uh, ended their season last Friday with the girls mm-hmm. losing to Brubaker Tech. Brubaker Tech continues to roll through their uh, the girls' side of, of basketball. 
uh, over there on the state side of things. But that, my friends, is going to wrap us up for our number two. When we come back, I won't be here, but Ryan Lavoie will be here to take you through the rest of the show. Uh, Tom P. Canberry have joined us so far today. I bid you adieu. Thank you so much for listening to the first two hours of the show. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call and giveaway time, by the way, if you're listening out there. If you give us a call right now during the break, 334-887-34 locally or toll-free, 888 9 there are four Auburn baseball tickets to opening night. That's right, opening night, Friday night, here in the studio. you got four tickets to Auburn baseball. They are yours if you give us a call during this break at 334-887-34 locally or toll-free, 888-9-TIGER-9. This has been Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Two hours down, one more to go right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. We have made a call to the bullpen as I am taking over for Brooks Childress. Appreciate Brooks uh, for doing the first two hours of the show while I had a little mini emergency run around town. Uh, but, of course, I'm Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Still Tom Peavy and Cam Berry with me. T.P. Hammock still Run the board and taking your phone calls here on this Wednesday. Uh, in this final hour of the program, of course, we're going to uh, finish breaking down Auburn and South Carolina coming up tonight. Look forward to another night of SEC basketball. I uh, also want to get in here in, in just the next few minutes. Uh, I know something that I believe Steve alluded to in his call earlier, something I know that uh, Brooks alluded to in the beginning of the show. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on – uh, that new media deal with ESPN and the college football playoff because uh, they agreed to a six-year, $7.8 billion uh, rights extension uh, that starts in 2026. So they got this first two years of the expanded playoff, and then there was um, negotiating for the next six. And it all stays with ESPN. And there was some thought that Fox or CBS or just another big player in college sports could get involved with it, uh, maybe even an Amazon or that sort of thing. But ultimately, it will all stay with ESPN. So are you guys a little disappointed that CBS or or, or Fox or just another station is not going to get to carry any playoff <coughs> games, or are you glad that it's all going to stay uh, on ESPN. Yeah, I'm glad that it's staying. I mean, just all on e- all on one network, right? I think that's kind of where I'm more focused on because then it'll be a full on communication 
top to bottom as to how this is going to go, how everything will be very set, very, um, very well put together at the very least. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I think I'm the most glad about it. Just coming together is I don't want it all on multiple networks. I don't want really, I don't really want multiple games going on at the same time necessarily. I, I mean, I'm sure that might happen. Just maybe have a game on like ESPN two game on ESPN, something like that. Maybe, maybe not. How, however that plays out, whatever. Um, but I want to be able to watch every game. Obviously some people have a two TV setup, <coughs> Ryan, and <laughs> I do not. So this is one of those things where I'm like, I want to be able to watch every game and not have to be flipping channels back and forth and all that stuff. And, 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 things like that tom what about you i i don't care i i mean i i don't great want it, thank you i don't i, I mean i don't want it i don't want it to be split i i, I want it to be everywhere whether it's on fox whether it's on cbs whether i don't it, right give just me, as get, long as it's together have them together uh have it to where i don't have to pay you know streaming or something like that to go Facts. watch it yeah I just you know give yeah. it to me am i gonna have to stream it ryan uh, am i got to pay you, sh- you shouldn't to stream have it? to you okay then i'm good to. then i'm good like tom the, the, main, the main reason i say i don't care is because i i don't have a dog in the fight between any of the entities that would run it i don't have a, a preference over who i would want calling the games or anything like that i you know it's not just, it's just something that i don't really pay attention to um you know, uh, like I say, I don't want games going on on two different channels at the same time. Where you like, you right. know, unless you've got the two TV set up, keep them the same. Um, obviously, the money is a big thing, but I mean that's just uh, part of it. That's yeah. just kind of part of where we're at in in today's world of sports. Is that we're no longer talking money with an M. We're talking money with a B. Right. And uh, it's it's outrageous how much these contracts and everything are going for now or these deals are going for but you know i'm i would have been perfectly fine if it was on cbs i've been perfectly fine on fox espn nbc whatever uh just give me my football and don't make me have to go out of my way and pay extra for it there you go uh yeah and look there is one clause in there where uh espn would have the right to kind of outsource and uh, allow rights for a particular game if they wanted to, uh, meaning uh, if they if there was an early round playoff game that say Amazon or another network really wanted, ESPN could still sell that right to them for that particular instance or that particular year. Obviously, they won't be doing that the later in the playoffs it goes, but maybe there's an early round game ESPN could profit off of by making one of those companies pay an arm and a leg for just one single game. Uh, so that is possible, but uh, for all intents and purposes, they're all going to be on ESPN, and I, I I, do prefer it that way. I think ESPN still has a catalog of a little better announcers. Uh, yeah. I, I think that you know it's not necessarily that the A-teams and some of these other networks, some people really love Gus Johnson, some people don't. Uh, I think some people really uh, love Brad Nessler, but obviously people don't really like Gary Danielson. Uh, and, and so you, your A teams are still, in general, in my opinion, pretty good. But then you go in a little deeper and you go to B teams and C teams if there were to be uh, – certainly if the whole rights were to one of the other non-ESPN entities, that would get kind of uh, precarious, I think, with announcing. But if you only had one, if you had it split, uh, then that would be okay. Uh, and as you guys said, it would not be 
uh, a, a should not be a streaming only thing at all. Uh, now ESPN still in the future could move their stuff to streaming, even their linear ESPN. That's something that could be on the horizon. But uh, for now, you got to uh, assume things will stay a little bit status quo. Uh, also on the announcing front, uh, I don't know if, if you guys uh, caught any of this. So it's been going around the internet the last few days with all the various calls of the Patrick Mahomes play to McCole Hardman to, to win the Super Bowl. And I kind of knew that Kevin Harlan did Westwood one uh, for college football. I did not know that on top of that, there was a call by Ian Eagle that oh. was like NFL Nation or something like that. And then there was an also oh, a really? New Zealand ah. pr- particular call for Chris Fowler. Nice. So pretty much all of the main guys you can think of, from obviously CBS's Jim Nance, but then also uh, Ian Eagle, uh, Kevin Harlan, who uh, our friend Justin Ferguson said he listened to on the radio for most of the game because he was driving back uh, on Sunday. Uh, I mean, all these guys. And then Chris Fowler – uh, all these guys getting the opportunity to call this in some form or fashion, pretty just pretty loaded overall. Like I, I would almost want to see can I do a quarter of each if you've got those four big guys uh, all <coughs> all getting to do commentary for the Super Bowl. So uh, it it's really it obviously shuts down the sports world on Sundays. You try to avoid everything in that time window you also had and i don't know if you guys talked about it all today the most watched super bowl ever it was what was 123 yeah, million average crazy. almost well did i see almost 200 million at, at its peak yeah uh that's like half the country that's um that that's, that's it, more than half the country like it's insane uh how many people watch that game so uh, i thought uh i thought kind of putting a bow tie on that even the not just the complete non-football stuff about it everything down to the announcers and uh all the pomp and circumstance to it everything uh, kind of lived up to it i thought it was a pretty special night we're gonna head to our first break of the five o'clock hour when we come back again we'll get to some more auburn basketball preview the south carolina game and preview the night in the southeastern conference you're listening to the wednesday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9 Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, and Tom Peavy with you here in this third and final hour of the show. T.P. Hammock is running the board and taking your phone calls. And speaking of taking phone calls, we do 
want to have our second ticket giveaway of the day. This one for Auburn women's basketball. Uh, we were just able to give away the baseball tickets uh, in the uh, the previous segment, but we also have Auburn women's basketball tickets. So the first caller that calls in right now gets two tickets to Auburn and Kentucky women's basketball tomorrow night inside of Neville Arena. That is a 6 o'clock tip-off. So first caller to 334-887-3401 or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Gets two free tickets to Auburn women's basketball against Kentucky tomorrow night. Of course, the Auburn women won on the road this weekend. They are very much in the NCAA tournament picture, and they have a great opportunity to defeat uh, the Kentucky Wildcats who have been struggling this year. All right, on the hardwood, obviously, a big night tonight in Neville Arena as Auburn takes on South Carolina. And as I joked with Justin Ferguson yesterday, uh, if South Carolina was 11th in the SEC, then that would have been above expectations for them. That would have been perfectly fine compared to what was expected. However, they have an 11 by their name in the country. So they come in number 11, Auburn number 13. I I know you guys talked a little bit about this game already and talked about the fact that Auburn is favored by 11.5 points, which is a pretty decisive favorite uh, right there. So uh, let's kind of go back over this game. Let's start with that line because I know it was mentioned earlier, 11.5. Were you surprised? I I think, Tom, you you, uh, you were the one that alerted me to that by the end of the show yesterday. Again, that's a pretty hefty line. I know Auburn has only won double-digit games this year, so maybe it's that line I'm thinking, but still 11.5 is usually not the tightest of games. Yeah. um, I mean, I was surprised by that, but then uh, kind of come off that a little bit when you actually start looking at South Carolina. Now, the wins are there. We talked about before they've won at Tennessee. They beat Kentucky. They've got some big-time wins. But when you look at their metrics, they're not a quad one team. They are ranked ahead of Auburn right now in the rankings, but yet they are not quad one. Not top 30. Now. I think they're 40 in the they're net. In the or 40. Yeah. Their net is 40. Yep. Uh, all of their metrics, if you look at it, their, their net's in the 40s. Their Ken Palm is in the 40s. I mean, all their computer metric things are in the 40s. So they're not even a quad one team. Auburn is a quad one team. Um, so it, it's just it's weird how – that has worked out. So, you know, if you just look at the metrics and everything, Auburn is a much better team. Auburn is an ele- is easily 11 and a half better than South Carolina in the metrics. Does that coincide with what's going to happen on the floor? I don't know. Uh, obviously, South Carolina has got some players, and obviously they're not afraid to go into somebody's home, home stadium and take them out like they did with Tennessee. So, um, I it's one of those that I think Auburn could very easily win by 11 and a half. And Vegas is usually pretty spot on, and it hasn't moved. I thought that when I initially saw that 11 and a half, I was like, oh, man, everybody's going to dump so much money that that line's going to come down into the single digits. And apparently it's staying at 11 and a half. Um, so, yeah, while I was definitely surprised at that initial thing, once you kind of really dig into it and look a little bit, it's really not that surprising. Um it's just that they they have won some games and the AP voters are loving them right now. Cam, what about you? Were you a little surprised by that line? <clears throat> yeah, um, a little. I mean, I just think the impact of Neville Arena, right, is just so monumental. Yeah. I think that absolutely played a part. Um, you know, I'd also 
think Vegas, they just be knowing, man. I don't yeah. know what it is. They just be knowing. So I just can't doubt. But I, I have doubted Vegas a few too many times. Now I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't doubt them anymore. Um, you know, was I a little surprised? Yes, because South Carolina is ranked number 11. But then you do have to take into account the where they are in, in these computer rankings, right? That the, they're 45-ish and the 40s in, in every other statistical category, uh, you know, not even making that a quad one win for Auburn. So this is supposed to be a game that you would expect Auburn to win handily. Now, that doesn't take into account the human factor of things. This is an, a, an experienced South Carolina team. Uh, this is a very hard-nosed team, a well-coached team. Uh, they like like Tom said, they went into Knoxville. They beat Tennessee uh, in one of the toughest, tougher road environments in the SEC and the country. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if I was too surprised. Rather than I felt like it was more of a respect to the environment that Auburn and the the, the environment and chaos that Auburn can cause other teams when they're in Neville Arena. Sure, and and look, South Carolina. Uh, to also to just the the average follower is not going to uh, raise too many eyebrows just because they lack someone that's just an absolute star player. They have just like anybody else a few guys in double figures, including Michi Johnson and B.J. Mack. But uh, these guys are probably not first team All SEC caliber guys, and and maybe even fighting with a bunch of others to make second team. And so you kind of – you don't hear about them too often. Even when they play well, it's like, oh, look at South Carolina. But there's not one thing that you attach to them. Like even uh, even if Tennessee was struggling, you would all kind of mention Dalton Connect and how really good he had been. Or uh, for, for Texas A&M, I know they took a, a horrible loss last night. Everyone's very aware of Wade Taylor and, and, and how, how really good he is. South Carolina is not necessarily that type of team. Now, again, to remind everyone the style of play, they are a slower-paced team. They are a really good defensive team. They don't beat themselves. They don't even necessarily force a lot of turnovers or anything like that. Like, if you look at it, they kind of – they just take care of the ball, but they don't necessarily force that out of you. So they are uh, turning it over about 10.3 times a game. That is 311th in the country. So that is really good. You want that number to be high if you're turning the ball over. And so with 10.3 turnovers, they're uh, only about 40 or 50 teams that turn it over less than them. So that is really good. Uh, however, they don't really cause a lot of chaos. They are 342nd in the country in steals. So they do not force a lot of turnovers. In fact, the opposing team only turns it over 10 <coughs> times a game. Uh, so that's 30 in the country. So, again, they're kind of top 40 or 50 in taking care of the ball. They're bottom 40 or 50 in – or 30 or 40 – uh, in enforcing turnovers themselves. However, they grade out as a really, really good defense. So, uh, again, they only allow, and also because of how slow they play, so some of it's that, they only allow 64 points a game. That is 15th in the country. So what tonight really is about is a clash in styles. It is Auburn, who is yeah. not necessarily known to be an fast. unbelievable fast yeah, team, but yeah. certainly on the faster end. Yeah, definitely not slow like right. South Carolina slow. Right, whereas yeah. South Carolina is going to be more likened to a Virginia or a Houston where – uh, yeah, they're probably not as good as those programs have been the last five or six years at doing this, but that is certainly more their goal in terms of 
Yeah, we, we, we don't want to be running up and down the floor. Yeah. Fast break points, all that. Not going to pop a lot of threes in transition. They're going to try to play smart and team-oriented basketball. And that's what you have to do when you when you lack big-time star power is you've got to find uh, other ways to win, and usually those involve taking the other team out of their element or just being very balanced and being hard, uh, hard to stop because of a safety in numbers type of thing. Uh, and that's more along the lines of, of what South Carolina will do. To, to answer that own question, yeah, I mean, I, I guess initially a little surprised by the line. Uh, not that Auburn can't do this because I do think Auburn will win tonight. But uh, anytime you see a double-digit game, you that does not spark teams that are 11th and 13th in the country. Even if Auburn was the 11th and South Carolina the 13th, you don't think, oh, yep, double-digit game. Uh, as you guys said, it is a testament to Neville Arena. It is a testament to the fact that Auburn, again, has not won any single-digit games. Even the Texas A&M game, which was way closer than an 11-point result, still ended up working itself out into an 11-point result. So um, I, would, I would not be very bullish on going higher than this, uh, and I certainly think that if the result is 11-12 point type of game, I don't think that means that Auburn felt great about it and did not have any adversity all day. I do think that they will have um, some closer elements to this game. But, yeah, I mean, look, if you value home court the way that you should with, with Auburn and Neville Arena, yeah, maybe on a neutral court, uh, court, I think Auburn's probably only a bucket or two better. But uh, on – uh, Neville Arena's court, Auburn can be a, a good bit better. And the one thing I will say about the analytics, too, is okay, maybe they are overvalued at 11. Okay, maybe they more like 20th. They, they are not 40th, though. I, I, I would say that I know Ken Palm and, and all that uh, has continued to pretty much disagree in a lot of different ways with the AP poll and that sort of thing. I don't see South Carolina as being that down the list. I could see Ole Miss being someone down the list as, as someone that's dropped a few games. But uh, there still has to be value in winning at some point because the types of games that you've seen these power conference teams lose in recent days and weeks and how they've lost some of them, you can't take a win of any kind for granted. And when you are now um, over halfway into conference play and you are tied for the SEC lead, uh, that's not 40th. You don't have to say that's knocking on the door of the top 10, but that's not 40th. This league is as good. Uh, I would say it's just behind the Big 12 for the best league in the country. And so we're knocking when, on that door. Sure. He's knocking on that uh, door. When, but when you've got as good of a league as you've got, you've got five ranked teams right now, you've got seven or eight that are bound for the NCAA tournament. Being nine and two in the league plays is, is not nothing. Um, it, uh, and so uh, I, I still think that this team. Is very interesting, and I don't think that people should take them lightly just because um, Ken Palm's analytics or whatever say that they're more in the 40s or because the line's 11.5. Certainly hope Auburn does make this pretty easy, but I do expect a little bit more of a dogfight because of the uh, style of play. Uh, guys, when it comes to style of play, I know I kind of asked this question a little bit about Florida. Florida ended up running Auburn to death and getting a lot of shots up, and Auburn was a little frantic. How do you guys feel Auburn will operate in a slower pace game? What, what what kind of what player becomes more important in your opinion? Just how, what kind of what kind of things do they need to do well as the tempo slows down? Uh, I mean, if that if that tempo slows down, then I think that's where you just work it to the post and you try to get those easy buckets. Um, if you've got the time, if you've got the time to move that ball around and you know you find a way to get it into the post, then that should be where Janai Broom shines. 
uh, slow it down, work the post. Uh, if you're up-tempo, then that's where you're going to be firing off those three. So if we're going to go slow-tempo, work it to the inside, draw the fouls, get your buckets, go to the line. You know, it, Obviously, Auburn doesn't want to play that way, but if that's how they're going to do it, then you just wear them out on the inside and get them to foul you to death and shoot 53 throws like you did in that one game. Yeah, so I, I think that I think a slower pace game does favor Auburn a little bit better. Obviously, you don't want to play to the to the pace of South Carolina. You still want to play at your own pace if you're Auburn. But I I think like like Tom said, feed it into the post. You you really have truly a dominant big man in Janai Broom. Uh, kind of let him do his work in the paint. See how that plays out. Kind of get get Jalen Williams some touches early. Uh, kind of get him in a, in a bit of a groove. Uh, just have you know smart methodical play a player that I think would stand out for this honestly would be the guards would be the point guards honestly you want to see I want to see how Aiden and uh, and Trey play honestly uh, just you know obviously uh, Aiden has that really uh, low you know assist to turnover ratio uh, and so he he does not turn the ball over a lot. Uh, it, it's really just been his shot in terms of what a lot of people are focusing on. But overall, just in terms of how it moves the offense and things like that, he's done perfectly fine. Um, it does tend to get a little stagnant, but overall, I would say he still runs the offense decently. And I think this might favor him a little bit better not to feel as rushed, not to feel like he has to force up a shot or something like along the lines of that. Trey just needs to continue to play his style of game. I know he had a kind of not a great, fantastic game against Florida. You just kind of want to get back to the way that he was playing the last three-ish weeks uh just along the lines of that uh so i think the guard play is going to be instrumental here you just kind of want to make sure that they're making smart decisions because they're not going to have to be rushed the the game's going to be a slower paced game so you're going to be able to make the decisions that you want to make to really dictate and move how you want the offense to move so make smart passes and obviously that's for everybody make smart passes distribute the ball well run your plays because those that this is going to be that type of game where you're going to be able to run your sets uh in a in a you know in a easy with not with ease but but you're going to be able to run your offense uh uh and south carolina is not going to be upset with you running the clock all the way down and, and running the shot clock all the way down so get into what you need to get into uh run the floor run your plays and, and auburn should be in a pretty good spot to me, in games like this, Jalen Williams becomes paramount because he I, – and I know that Janai Broom is starting to hit some more threes. I, I know that he is trying to be a little more perimeter-oriented, but Jalen Williams, to me, is still the more versatile of the I two. Agree. And while Janai Broom can have a game where he hits two threes or he can have a game where he has four assists, that's more of an expectation than a potential deal for Jalen Williams. And so in a game like that, when you're having to make contested shots and you're having to grind for your position, you got to go to the guys that are either a little more efficient or a little more experienced at finding out where they can make tough shots. And to me, Jalen Williams is the type of guy where he can make that tough 12-footer in the lane, that tough left hook. Uh, he can make a contested three, play a little more perimeter-oriented, or if he's having a good game or if he's uh, feeling the pressure, he can usually find the right person to pass it to. So to me, Jalen Williams is a key against a slower, more defensive-minded team. Uh, so I'm looking out for him. And look, any game now, whether the tempo is, is fast or slow, uh, I'm st- still, still monitoring point guard play. 
And I feel like you have to do that on a pretty much night-to-night basis. And uh, Trey Donaldson, again, did not have his best game at Florida. Breaking news just about everybody did not have their best game at Florida. Uh, But he has been better uh, uh, in the last five or six games in that starting role than Aiden had been in the previous ten or so games. And so I want to see how Trey runs offense, uh, again, in a a slower, more grinded-out fashion. Uh, because Trey Donaldson is usually so good at starting a fast break with an outlet pass and able to flow offense more. So can he create a more of a transition opportunity than you would think just by his initial pass? And then with Aiden Hallway, uh, again, with the defense tighter on him, how does he find an open look? And does he run off the ball and, and try and get a couple screens and do that? Uh, does he still take the same kind of over-the-screen deep threes? Uh, is he able to find a pathway to the basket? So uh, I, I look to Jalen Williams for the grinded-out baskets and the good decision-making, and I look for those point guards again uh, in a different style than what's probably most comfortable to them. How do they operate? How are they efficient? How do they share the ball? And how do they find a way to be successful tonight? We're going to take our next time out of the show as we start to wind down on this Wednesday afternoon. Final thoughts on college basketball coming up as well as the nightly TV guide as we start the wind down this Wednesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday. TP Hammock, run the board, taking your phone calls. Again, want to shout out Brooks Childress for hosting this show for the first two hours today while I was not able to. Uh, so really appreciate Brooks for being able to, to handle that and uh, be so willing to jump in when needed. Uh, again, final 10 or so, 11 or so minutes of the show here today. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about Auburn, South Carolina. I also want to say thanks. Uh, since the interview already aired, we were able this morning uh, to interview uh, Auburn's pitching coach, Everett Tieford, uh, and and get you a little bit uh, excited for Auburn baseball season right around the corner. Uh, again, Coach Tieford coming from the Chicago White Sox organization where he was a coach. He pitched in the big leagues in the 2010s, and I uh, really appreciate Coach Tieford for – uh, having the chat with us this morning and uh, getting the air of that a little bit earlier. So wanted to say thanks there. Uh, not a huge night in SEC basketball tonight, guys. Uh, there's just two matchups. Of course, one of them is Auburn-South Carolina. Uh, the other matchup being number eight, Tennessee, going to Arkansas. Now, normally, 
going to Arkansas and, and having a Tennessee-Arkansas game would be a pretty big deal. Uh, well, this year, obviously, Arkansas falling on hard times. So also want to mention the games that happened last night, which was Vanderbilt stunning Texas A&M 74-73 with a buzzer beater. Uh, you had Florida, uh, after they had destroyed Auburn uh, the, in their previous game at home, uh, it went right down to the wire against LSU with LSU having a shot to win it. And then Kentucky – uh, rediscovered winning in Rupp Arena. They were able to defeat Ole Miss 75-63, to so they eliminate their three-game losing streak. Uh, but, guys, again, that Texas A&M loss at Vandy, I don't care where it's at. You, you can't be losing to Vandy this year. They had just thumped. Again, this is why I want to say to people the road, how important home court is. They just thumped Tennessee thumped. Beat. in a very similar manner to Auburn and Florida. Uh, and then they turn around, they go on the road, and they lose to the second-worst team in the league. And there's just no, no security when you go away from your home building in college basketball. None. None whatsoever. It's just winning on the road is hard. We can say it till we're blue in the face. <laughs> it is. Winning on the road is hard. That's why it's – you know, obviously you don't want Auburn to lose by – by as wide of a margin as they did in Florida. You wanted them to be a little bit more competitive in that in that loss. Uh, but, again, losing on the road is hard, and that's why there's just – I'm not saying there's no reason to panic, but it's just one of those things. It's just and, – and especially this year. You know, there was a number where it was like unranked teams versus top 25's teams when the unranked team is at home. The percentage is like 50% this year, yeah, which is like insanely unprecedented. The highest other the room highest. in the 30s. Right. It's, just, like it's yeah. just an insane number of upsets that are happening when these top 25 teams are going on the road. It's just, it's just something that continues to happen. I mean, North Carolina just lost to Syracuse the other night. Sorry to bring that up, Ryan. No, it's but fine. It, they're, it, they're frauds. It's, it's okay. It's <laughs> a say true it. example. I mean, and then uh, – um, and then uh, just another team, Kansas, I think, Kansas, absolutely right, obliterated just, yeah. by Texas Tech. It's just it's just something that has continued to happen, especially this season. <laughs> Frauds, you're so funny. <laughs> and so just things like that is where you have to take into the context of the season, right? Auburn only dropped one spot after that loss from Florida, right. because of. Just the way that it is so challenging and has been this year to win on the road. Every home environment seems to be just absolutely bonkers in terms of just these teams want to defend their home courts so freaking bad and and so you're it's gonna always and and you have you being a top twenty five team you have a a a target on your head well, and let me give you one that was even doesn't even fit the road criteria. So poor old Indiana State, they finally got ranked. Right. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Indiana State obviously had a history going back to um, the, the 70s and 80s. But, I mean, nowadays it's it's unheard of for them to get ranked. They finally get ranked. They lost at home to 12-14 and 14 Illinois State last yeah, see, night. And Indiana State was 22-3 and three coming in. Yeah. And I know that doesn't fit the road description. Nah, but but you get tough. that top 25 banner. They're coming you you think oh wow you. we'll scroll on Sports Center no. all night long for beating a top twenty five team but even if they're number twenty six nope won't get no. any notice for no. it. no but you get that number by you, you, you they're coming for you it doesn't matter it just is what it is so if you're the in these top twenty five teams you just you gotta keep your foot on the pedal you have to because uh, these teams are coming for you I mean again 
it, it's just tough to win on the road. And, and even with Texas A&M, you know, them beating Tennessee as bad as they did, only to go on the road the very next, you know, week and lose against a Vanderbilt team last night that was, you know, second to last in the SEC. Uh, it, it's just tough. I, I mean, even even Vanderbilt is acknowledged as a difficult place, relatively difficult to play right. in because the weird construction of the benches and I mean, Vanderbilt's got a little bit of they, they, they like to, you know, cheer for their team. So they, they have a little bit of a home court uh, environment as well. So it, it's just something that's difficult. Never. You can't hit the panic button. Auburn's got a few more road games. You know, they got they got to go to Missouri, got to go to Georgia. That Georgia's going to be a bit of a difficult one, I think. Obviously, still have to go to Tennessee. So you can't hit the panic button on these. Obviously, you want to still win the SEC, but it's tough sledding. It, it, it's extremely tough sledding. And you speak of the SEC again. That's why uh, it's such a opportunity uh, that will maybe not define the season. I don't want to go that far. Uh, because there's obviously important road games, a lot of important basketball to go. But these two games at home for Auburn against two ranked teams, uh, again, South Carolina, whether you think they should be there or not, they're number 11 in the country. And then Kentucky, who has faded as of late, but they did get back in the win column last night against Ole Miss. So they're top 25. Game day coming on Saturday. Auburn cannot lose one of these games. These, in my opinion, are must-win games because when Auburn goes on the road, we know it's difficult. When 99% of teams, unless your name's like UConn, like everything on the road gets to be pretty difficult. UConn plays three and something to Paul tonight, by the way. That's why I say not, not exactly right, right, the hardest. Right. Uh, 22 right. and a half point favorites on the road. <laughs> uh, they're going to win tonight. And right. so um, if you go on the road in college basketball, it's very difficult. But – you turn that around when you are at home in college basketball and you have this environment and you know where you stand with the SEC long race and you know that with three losses, the, the winner's not going to have more than four losses in the league now but because right. between South Carolina and Alabama still being <clears throat> at two and then Auburn and Tennessee being at three, somewhat, not all those teams no. will drop the five losses right, in the next right. six or seven games. And so – Auburn probably will lose at Tennessee in two weeks or two weekends. That that will probably happen, and that's your fourth loss. And so you can't lose a home game. No. Uh, you you if you want to win the league, now you can still do plenty of great things. You can be a top three or four seed, and uh, you can be a top three or four seed not only in the right. SEC tournament but in the, in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. Yeah. Fine. But I'm just saying, if you want to still have a shot at the SEC regular season title, you can't lose either of these games. And then also it provides the opportunity because you are playing number 11, you are playing Kentucky at the end of the week. If you do win both games, you'll probably get, sniff yeah, the top 10 again yeah, you'll get a because of beating two ranked teams, yeah, regardless of where it was. Right. So this is a huge opportunity, and it's really a huge week for Auburn basketball. And, yes, if they win them, then it won't say, okay, well, the rest of the year you can cakewalk or the rest no. of the year doesn't matter because very next week when they go uh, at Georgia on the 24th and then at Tennessee on the 28th, that's Saturday, Wednesday, like those back-to-back will be huge games. But they won't be as big a games in the SEC standings if you lost one of these this right. week because right. you're pretty much back up against the wall, got to win them all, um, whereas you uh, probably still afforded one loss – uh, at some point later in the year. Uh, and, but look, maybe not. Maybe Alabama or, or Tennessee, maybe they do run the table. I don't know. Right. It's unlikely. Uh, but with South Carolina in particular, again, I would liken this to the, the home Alabama game last week where 
okay, you lose this. Not only did you get your four, uh, your next loss, they didn't get a loss right. in a game that really probably bad. should have handed them one. Yeah. When are they going to start losing? Because yeah. South Carolina would still be at two losses, you'd be at four. Yep. So I mean, again, it's just it's, it's just some numbers here, yeah, it's but just numbers. It's just one of those things that's extremely difficult. One thing that I, I just popped into my mind that I was just thinking about because you know Auburn's got that midweek kind of buy going into after this little slate here yes is that bruce pearl made a correct something a, a correct analysis that when you have a buy you should travel after and uh-huh. florida had back-to-back home games after the after their buy after their midweek buy so they had auburn come into town and then they had lsu come to gainesville uh on wednesday i i just thought of that's just something that popped into my mind i know they only won by two points against lsu but you know, uh, uh, them thumping Auburn, but that rest, and I know that's obviously not an excuse, of course, but legitimate reasoning and scheduling purposes, that actually is something that plays a huge factor in in how teams are, are you know, rested and, and different things like that. Florida got to be able to chill for an entire, from Saturday to Saturday, didn't have to even go anywhere, played at home, didn't have to go anywhere again, played at home against LSU. So they've been chilling in Gainesville for almost two weeks. Well, and two, look, I can look at it this from opportunity point of view. I think it's however whatever angle you want to go. I'd also I don't want to go on the road personally uh, after a week off because I'm rested and I'm now ready to handle that environment. I no matter what I just did basketball wise, even if I beat a ranked team, I have a week of not playing and not playing and not playing. You get you get healthier, you get rested, but then you're by that point you're like okay, I'm ready to go play another basketball game. I don't care what the last game was. Whereas uh, you you beat a ranked team and you play two or three days later. You're a little bit high off of that, and that keeps happening. Again, that happened to Kansas. Kansas had just played game day on on that previous Saturday. Uh, they had played game day against Baylor. They had won that game, and then two days later, they're in Lubbock and they get they get lambasted. And then, uh, you know, that happened to Carolina. They they beat Duke, and then they turned right around and lost the very next game at home, even at home to Clemson. Uh, and it did happen to Auburn. They they beat Alabama emotional win they turn around they play their absolute worst game of the year so that is a real thing and so yeah if you get a week off i'd actually rather go on the road because i think i'm going to get the best version of myself after after one of those uh, weeks off final minute or two of the show time for a nightly tv guide our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide all right, Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide tonight here on Valentine's Day, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Got a little ACC action. Clemson, who's been hot as of late, uh, working themselves into the NCAA tournament. They host Miami. Again, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Men's college basketball in the American Conference. South Florida having a shockingly good year. They're at the top, or tied at the top of the, of the American standings. They host Tulsa. That's 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Of course, 730 SEC Network, Neville Arena, number 13 Auburn, plays host to number 11 South Carolina again, 730 on the SEC Network. A hockey pick for you tonight is 630 on TNT. The Florida Panthers go to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And 6 o'clock on FX, you've got one movie pick. It's Chang-Chi and the Ten Rings. That is 6 o'clock on FX. <laughs> Never heard of that movie in my it's life. It's a Marvel movie. Uh, it's good. Yeah, that's probably why I'm not into the whole Marvel universe. It's a good one. The, I like Shang. I mean, look, I don't watch all of it, but uh, yeah, it's still. I like that. I'm sure plenty have seen it. Let me put it I'm, that. Way. I'm I'm an old 
O U L D. Old. I'm an old. I don't know these things. So that is Sports Calls. Get off my lawn. (laughs) That is Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that is going to do it for this Wednesday edition of the program. Tom Peavy, thank you for being here throughout the week. And I hope you have a good rest of your week, sir. We'll see you again next week. Yeah. uh, Happy weekend to everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Happy Singles Day to everybody out there that is not celebrating. Yes, as well. And I'll see you next week. And Canberry, thank you for being here on this Wednesday. We'll see you again on Friday. See you on Friday. Glad to be here. And again, I want to thank Brooks Childers for filling in in the first two hours of this show. I want to thank TP Hammock for running the board and taking phone calls today as well. Uh, and again, I want to thank Everett Tiford, Auburn Pitching Coach, for joining us today as well. For TP Hammock, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childers, and Canberry, my name is Ryan LeBoy. Have a great Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>